this is Michael Kelly from Everest, from House of Cards, Secret in the Rise, and what have you. You're listening to Below the Belt. Happy birthday, Al. Nice. Right on. <laughs> the Below the Belt show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the Bad Boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Right, guys, it's time for another episode of VTB Below the Belt Show in the Mother Effing House. I'm your host, Al Soto, a.k.a. AKA Celebrity Soto, your host with the most. And um, I'm glad everyone's is uh, here on the panel. And uh, I'm just blessed to have you all. I'm another year older, another year wiser, but all of you are still good looking. No, just, anyways, <laughs> enough about me. <laughs> anyways, um, just glad everybody's in the room, man. Um, for those that celebrated and grabbed the drink with me uh, over the weekend, thank you. For those that me, uh, those that wished me a happy birthday versus uh, via text or Facebook Messenger, um, I appreciate it. And uh, for those that you didn't greet me, uh, fuck off. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Uh, but let's go ahead, man, and just introduce this great panel that we've assembled. And if you forgot make sure you unmute your mic um but nonetheless let's go ahead and introduce guys he is back he is the king of the 80s the demotivational speaker the one and the only chachi mcfly hey happy birthday al thank you thank you i can't believe like how many um women we have today on the panel i mean is that a coincidence or or what i don't know i just you know i thought it would be fun just to have some favorites back on below the belt show and the hey, favorites. and all of them were these hot women <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a coincidence that was we should introduce them guys uh so let's these go beautiful, ahead and... intelligent women uh, intelligent, entertaining and talented women yeah. um yeah. let's go ahead and introduce first because it's really been a minute since she's been on btb airwaves uh but we do do want to catch up with her because uh she is amazing. She's one of our favorite redheads. She's an actress extraordinaire. She's a singer extraordinaire. Yeah, She's I mean, a YouTuber. Look at um, her. The list goes on and on, guys. It's Miss Triple Doves. It's AKA Miss Snortles. She is the one and only <laughs> Vanessa Meadows back on BTV. Hi. <laughs> I am so shy. Like, I don't, I can't really talk right now, but. Thank you for having me back. I'm really happy to be here and uh, meeting new people. It's really great. 
I love being on the show, so I'm happy to be here. Oh, we missed you, Girl, Vanessa. Hey, it's been a while. Yes. Yeah, I missed you. I missed you guys yeah. too. And it has been so long. It's just, you know, with the pandemic, sort of things opening up, even though yeah. opening up, yeah. it's, my schedule has just gotten crazy. So I took a month off and now I'm able to be on here. So I'm happy. Oh, well, thanks. Awesome. Uh, thanks for coming back, Vanessa. We uh, our mailbox was flooded. Where is Vanessa? Where's Miss Snortles been? So <laughs> I mean that I was on my mama. <laughs> okay. that was, that's your joke, Chacha. Was that one for your mama? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know why all the emails said Chachi McFly on there, but Oh, it's a Chachi know. McFly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's let's go ahead and introduce. She is she's a global sensation lately. From Miami to oh. Italy to uh, points in between. She is just a world-class traveler. She also has every Daenerys Targaryen catchphrase, Mother Dragons, Queen of the Unburned, Queen of the Andals. And all the fire miles. Queen Marine. Right, Queen Marine. She's also, um, I like to call her Miss LST. That too. <laughs> She's a dancer extraordinaire. It's the one and only Morgan Fabulous. Affectionately known as Your Grace. Your Grace. <laughs> it has been like, I was like, oh my God, I haven't been on here in a minute because I have been traveling. You have been. Which is Al's birthday. And I'm like, Al's my brother and I love you. And this show is for you. And I cannot wait to see you in person and hug you and love you. Aww. Thank you so much for being like, especially through the pandemic. Like sometimes this was like the thing I was like looking forward to. The oh, well, when, when the world was shut that's, down. That's pretty sad. No, it's not sad. <laughs> <laughs> How much fun did we have? Remember, like. It was just so good for us all to come together. So, Al, I love you. Another year older. But, hello, boo, you don't look older than 21. Okay. I love it. You uh, are the best, your grace. Holy smokes. And, of look course, so we had to bring back, because she was a part of our evil dick from Big Brother fame, the oh. Big Brother icon and former winner and always a great guest on Below the Belcher. We love to have him every year to talk Big Brother. She's also a Big Brother super fan. Um, I believe she knew Morgan Fab, Towson, <laughs> which is awesome. We go Kristen way Michelle. back. <laughs> Glad to have you back on BTB. Thanks for having me. It's good to be back. Yeah. Yeah, so Kristen and we Vanessa, we actually She's had a – uh, Right? It's she like Benjamin Button up in here. We none of us engaged. <laughs> you got to call it the below the Benjamin Button line, you know? I mean <laughs> – we're doing something. Um, but yeah, preceding the show, uh, myself, Vanessa Meadows, Kristen Michelle interviewed an amazing uh, reality TV star, big brother, all-star uh, winner, and funny motherfucker. The guy, he's very colorful in his language choice, um, but it's Evil Dick Donato. And uh, we will be uh, playing that interview at the end of the program. I'm so excited for you that you got dick for your birthday. <laughs> Damn. Damn. I'm excited. <laughs> I didn't even look at it that way, but I guess you have a point. Uh, but 
How funny was uh, Dick Donato, guys? I mean, we're not going to give too much away because we want everyone to tune in for the interview at the end. But he was just your typical evil dick. Um, you know, oh, yeah. there was completely uncensored, yeah, he never unapologetic. Pulls does not pull any punches in the world of Big Brother. Tells it like it is. So um, we're just we're just happy um, to uh, to present um, the icon that is uh, Evil Dick because Evil Dick has been a fixture on Below the Belt show for so many years. So we had to have him back. But um, but um, yeah, I, I guess we're already talking about a little bit about Big Brother. But uh, if you guys want to kind of chime in, I don't know if there's anything that you, uh, we went uh, didn't go over in the interview, but Who's your money on? Who's your money on to win, Kristen and Vanessa, to win Big Brother? Uh, you know, I think I think Evil Dick said it the best. I think the best player isn't going to win this year. Oh, uh, um, okay. Tiff, in my opinion, uh, she gives me Netta vibes from BB Can. Um, I think she she's great, but I. I kind of have to put my money at this point on Kai. I think he okay. he's got both sides of the house kind of played out well. Um, and I could see a good path forward for him. So. Okay. And I think he might have uh, the most jury votes, Kai, if it came down to him and anyone else in that, um, in among the six, among the cookout. Yeah. You but, know who I'm most disappointed in? Aza, I was in love with her. She was my horse. You know, we pick horses each year. We pick the one we think's going to win. We pick the one we like who we don't think's going to win. Right. <laughs> I wanted her to win so bad. And it took me a few episodes to pick up on the idea that she probably wasn't going to win. Um, just because she can't win comps. And as far as I've seen, her social game isn't that great um it, it is in the fact that she's sort of floating but at the same time she's pretty dispensable game wise so i think that's another reason why she's been kept around yeah. i want me to win i i know it's a long shot for her not to but i really think she deserves to win and uh, i hope that she does i hope she's able to figure it out and do it all right well those are there's some very good uh opinions on who who's gonna win it I, I personally think it's going to be um, – I'm going to put him on an X. I'm going to let him say X. Uh, he's a competition beast. Um, and he um, – obviously, Aza's in love with him. I can't see Aza <laughs> voting him out. <laughs> um, but then you also have Kai – um, and then, of course, uh, Derek is in love with him, <laughs> which I don't know if that's being returned. And then, of course, you have Kai and X. Uh, they made a final two deal, right? So, yeah, those, those factors. Hannah's a good player, too. I don't mean to leave her out. Yeah. But, you know, I do think X has a stronger chance than she does, especially if they went up next to each other, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Wow, I mean only... Only, only a few more episodes left, and we're going to crown uh, the winner, Big Brother. And um, your grace, uh, interesting to know, uh, for the first time ever, a, there will be a, an African-American winner of Big Brother for the first time in 23 seasons because of the cookout alliance comprised of all black or, um, you know, a black descent, um, you know, coming together to form an alliance. 
Um, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a an alliance that actually worked and actually lasted to the end. So yeah, uh, yep. can't wait Which to see actually, it. I found was really interesting to watch. I assumed that it would last to the end because when you're tied by that strong of a connection and, and right. background, how could you not, especially on a global platform? Like when Tiffany was like, I don't know if I should vote out Claire or not. Obviously she had to, not just for, you know, the, the background history that they all have, but because she's doing it on a public stage where it's a really hot thing right now. Right. So, you know, yeah. How do you feel about it, Al? Like, what what's your take been on the season? Um, I, I feel um that it, it's it's great that they were able to make an alliance that and they stuck together and they kept loyal to the words because usually alliances do crumble. And I think they yeah. they've played a very intelligent game with having a plus one, everyone having a plus one to kind of use as a shield. So I thought they played quite brilliantly. And um, you know, it's been twenty three seasons, you know. So let's. You know, it's uh, let's see, uh, uh, saw a person of color win Big Brother for the first time. You know, it's never happened. Um, and um, although there's not a lot of controversy this season because, you know, there are no racists on this season, I guess. <laughs> like previous seasons, there's always controversy. Like you know, you know articles at TMZ. Show, so I don't, I don't know anything about it. I, I'm too busy watching. Uh, Bachelor and Bachelor. In Paradise. <laughs> yeah, I know that's your that's your guilty pleasure. And then Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah, I hate that it. One? I hate it. I hate that I have now gotten so involved in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll be talking more Bachelor when that resumes. Uh, your grace, don't you forget. But uh, that was a lot of fun to talk about Big Brother. And of course, at the end of the program, Big Brother fans, <clears throat> stay tuned for our pre-recorded interview with Evil Dick, guys. So. Um, and of course, um, on the program, uh, we have a celebrity guest um, from our friends from PR Machine. Um, we're excited to have um, a great actress by the name of Tennille Reed. Um, she plays Megan on um, a great supernatural series that's shot in Canada in Newfoundland, of all places, um, available on the Sci-Fi Network and in Canada on CBC Television. Um, and it's uh, actress Tennille Reed, um, which is it's interesting because her and two of the leads in and two of the other uh, leads in in uh, this show, Surreal Estate, were on Shit's Creek. So it's kind of like the Shit's Creek uh, went to an alternate timeline. You know, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we'll talk to Tennille a little, little later in the program. But um, yeah, man. But yeah, just before we get into everything entertainment, I just, uh, you know, thank you so much for all the birthday greetings. Um, you know, it's, uh, the birthdays are supposed to be uh, pleasurable and fun and seeing friends and family. But uh, I uh, have to deal with real world issues with plumbing and um, flooding and um, taking, uh, thank God, for homeowners insurance. Um, so I've been dealing with a lot of that. And it really, really fucking sucks. Let me tell you. Considering I have to to um, skip town uh, for a New York trip I had planned, and for this all to happen, but uh, nonetheless, I am still here, guys. I I'm still blow the belt show. <laughs> really uh, puts me at ease, takes my mind off things. So uh, this is this is great. This is, this is medicine for me, guys. So yeah, just happy happy to be here. We we take the bad situations and we turn yeah. them into great situations. It's like yes. heroin. 
It is like heroin. My God, Josh. <laughs> no, it's not like heroin. Well, so I've heard. <laughs> so you heard, I hope. Uh, but uh, but like like you were saying, Morgan, I mean, Below the Belt Show is here. They were at our darkest times when the world shut down and we couldn't go out and yes. everything was closed. Now that the world's reopening up, it's still fun, but obviously you're now traveling and everyone is traveling now and having a good time. So let's just talk about everything, uh, the good times here on Below the Belt Show. Do it. So uh, let's talk about everything in the world of entertainment. So here we go. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. Interesting. That that's hot. That's bananas. I mean, that's. Uh, we're talking early two thousand slang here. Uh, Yobot has to get with the new. Uh, Hip catchphrases like that was from what you used to say. Okay, okay. It was old when you said it, but that's why I made Yobot say it. Okay, well, yeah, that was Paris Hilton, bananas. (laughs) I mean, I don't know who said bananas, but I guess now it'll be that's fire, that's lit. Morgan, Mm -hmm. you're up with the slang. What, what, what? I mean, I still, uh, hey, I still like that's hot. You still like that's hot? (laughs) Or that's great, Chris, that's so fetch. Oh God, Fetch! Are you throwing back to uh, to Mean Girls? Trying to make yeah. trying to make Fetch happen still. I mean, you know one yeah. phrase that will never go out, and that's from Mean Girls, is no. I know, right? <laughs> I that's swear, I know, I know, right? Has never, uh, you yeah. know. Stab it. <laughs> it started in Mean Girls. <laughs> I, I'm a personal fan of. Uh, she doesn't even go here. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I knew she was gonna throw something in there. Um, I enjoy the I can't. Oh, that's yours. I can't. Yeah. Stop it. You Stop can. it. I can't. And I mean, I mean, and then <laughs> I can't even. I can't even. There you go. <laughs> but yes, it's lit. It's hot. It's fire. Fire. One hundred. Okay. Know. All right. Well, well, Yobot needs a little update. Man. <laughs> uh, we can tell him. Yobot needs to be like fire. <laughs> <laughs> right. we, need, we need a Morgan bot. Yeah, Morgan bot. Okay. Yeah. It'll never be the same. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, movie guys. <laughs> Matrix Resurrections. Who saw the trailer? Uh, who was excited about it? It was amazing. Dude, speaking about not aging, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss look fantastic. I mean, they still pretty much look the same, uh, you know, since the yeah. Matrix first movie, man. Keanu you know, must be was... wrapping himself in that seaweed wrap or you something. Think? Like, he, <laughs> he looks fire. Like, he... <laughs> <laughs> but the trailer itself, fantastic, right? Trailer looked amazing. Yep, right? you got the red pill, you got the blue pill. Yeah, wait, Al, we got to see that in the theater for real. That is a movie that's that's a that's a thing. I got to see it in the theater. Warner Brothers movies, they they drop an HBO Max, mm. and then we end up saying, oh, I got to watch it right away, and then we forego going no. to movie theaters. If no. this if this movie, if Matrix was not on HBO Max. Then we'd be rushing to the fucking theater, you know? I want to see it in the theater. But 
I think with Dune being one, yeah. Matrix awesome. Resurrections, we're yeah. both going HBO Max, but we got to go to these are the these are the types of movies that you need to see. Yes. So yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. I I just see the Matrix uh, movie in Wuhan at this point. I don't care. I'm I'm gonna see it in the theater. I don't care what's going on. Yes. Yep. That's the kind of movie you got to see in theaters. Yeah. Yep. And it's only it. Lana Wachowski directing this one. Um, her sister um, Lily, no, uh, not involved. Of course, you know both of them are transgender. They start as the Wachowski brothers, um, and they both transitioned. Um, and uh, this this one is just helmed by Lana Wachowski. So. Uh, Interesting uh, story, though. It's like one decided to transition, the other one didn't, and then eventually it's like, okay, I'm going to follow suit, and more power to you, right? You know, it was a. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, Matrix Four uh, will be in theaters uh, December 22nd. So uh, um, just in time for Christmas. So another movie coming I heard out. It kind of ignores like part two and three, which is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember anything from part two or three. Yeah. And Keanu Reeves is just a present for me to watch. Oh, okay. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Let us unwrap it. There you go. <laughs> he is a gift. A gift. Oh, wow. Okay. So so you're saying Keanu could still get it? All right. Yes, absolutely. All right. Okay. Kristen, let us all go and see this movie, okay? <laughs> another great movie that's uh, going to be dropping uh and Christmas is uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. And joining us to talk about that, our resident comic book aficionado. There he He's is. He's also the Persian prince hey. of pop culture and the man with a calming presence, Mike <laughs> the General Zod. Oh, Happy man. birthday, Al. Hey, man. Thanks hi, so hi, much. Hi, everyone. It's good hey. to see everyone. Well, we had a good ratio of um, women to guys, and now um, General had to ruin it. (laughs) How are you doing, General? I'm doing awesome. Everywhere Uh, I go, it's a sausage fest. What can I tell you? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing all right tonight on BTB, the B-Day show. But yeah, just talking about Spider-Man No Way Home, which is uh, another huge movie. We just talked about Matrix Resurrections earlier. We talked about the trailer. And both those big movies coming out in Christmas time. Yeah. I'm a little uh, torn about The Matrix. Something like part of me feels like the Matrix, like the Matrix's time, like is something like truly revolutionary and great. I mean, that's in the past. <laughs> and like, uh, you know, think about like a virtual reality world and everything like that. I mean, that's pretty much what we all experienced last year and this part of this year. So, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, seeing is believing. You know, we'll see the film and. Uh, yeah. Do you think we're going to see groundbreaking special effects like how we did with the first Matrix? I mean, like, how much farther can they go? I don't know. But when that movie came <laughs> out, it was like something I've never seen before. I still am waiting for like it to really happen in real life, personally. So. <laughs> there are glitches in the I know it hasn't. <laughs> There it is. I'm waiting for the glitch to like. <laughs> well, there's all sorts right of now. there's all sorts of like philosophical ramifications about the whole idea about the world being in an entirely an illusion. 
I mean, I could get all like pretentious and nerdy and talk about Plato's Cave and all that stuff. But that's what you do every week during sure. the show, yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> Did any of you guys just see the thing about Apple's glasses with the Ray Bans? Like, oh we're yeah, literally getting there. So this is where I'm like oh, Facebook, right? Yeah. yeah. Or Facebook. Sorry, I don't know. And then every like. Today and yesterday, my parents and my and my friends are like, you need to update your Apple software because blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but do we? <laughs> like, and then I become the conspiracist theory. But like, hello, <laughs> what did Neo tell us? <laughs> <Do we? laughs> I'd like some thoughts. Like, I'm serious. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's hope it's as groundbreaking as the first one. Of course, yes, let's ignore the second and third ones. Um, but as alluding to Spider-Man No Way Home, so Andrew Garfield is denying those photos of him on set are are, are real. Um, wow. He's what, saying they're Photoshop. Wait, what? Um, Andrew Garfield, uh, there's photos of him on set of Spider-Man No Way Home. As like, it, it has been re-rumored that both a previous Spider-Man, which is Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, along with Tom Holland, um, you know, will be together in one film because of the whole multiverse aspect, you know, happening. But uh, he's like, yes, I heard about it. I didn't see it. And it's a Photoshop. Um, and blah, blah, blah. That's what he's saying. Oh, that's too bad. Tobey Maguire will always be the one and only Spider-Man for me. Okay. Has Toby Maguire said anything? Has he commented at all? Toby Maguire has been mum. Love yeah. him. Yeah, yeah right. Marvel Mother's going to be. He well, yeah. you know, you can really invite it for me. Someone else, yeah. He had that, like, nerdiness, like, insecurity, but yet when the time came, like, you really pushed it forward. Like, okay. yep. Yeah, he was the best one, I think, too. You thought Toby was the best Spider-Man? Really? It was said here. between. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's see. The Little Mermaid. They just announced a release date for that. May 26, 2023. So a little while to wait for the live action Little Mermaid, which stars Halle Bailey as Ariel, Javier Bardem as King Triton, Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. Uh, yeah. David Dick was, to Sebastian. We still Holly Berry and Swordfish. Well, this is uh, Holly Bailey. Not to be confused with Barry. Yeah, I think whoever her parents were, like, really positioned that as in she would be the next Holly Berry. Oh, okay. You think that's why? I mean, she's literally like 10 to 15 years younger. Mm hmm. Uh, maybe more. Maybe more, but I, <laughs> I think more actually. Yeah. But, oh, she's an actress. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Who, who's Prince Eric? Have we come up with her? Oh, Prince Eric. Yes, it's uh Jonah Howard King. Is Prince Eric? Who? J- Jonah Howard King. No, like who? Who is he? <laughs> I mean, again, great. I am all for great new actors, but like, right. then why couldn't I have been Ariel? Let me get my 
Sabrina, just like Sabrina, because Sabrina was saying she wanted to be the first Black Mary Jane. And uh, when when Zendaya was cast as MJ, she was saying the same exact thing you were. She was pissed, wasn't she? She was pissed. Look, she was my pissed. voice is not good enough to be Ariel. I'm just saying it kind of bothers me when Disney does this. It's like they want to be different. They want to make a statement. But yet we're making a statement with somebody that I'm sorry, I don't really know who she is. I think she's beautiful, and I think it's great. Like, of course, I want more black actresses in in big parts. But like, right. I also thought we were doing a Prince Eric as like, remember when they were like, oh Terry Styles or it's whoever. But like, they've been dragging this out, and it's like, come on already. Like, mm -hmm. I'm okay. Of it. I feel you. I feel you on that, Your Grace. Um, I do know the then? Like, let's do a new story. Yeah. Well, story about three princesses right here: a redhead, a blonde, and a brunette. <laughs> <laughs> Some shit. Like, come on. I hear you on that. I, I'm not gonna argue that. I think that's great. But uh, Disney hates new stories. They hate new stories, right? I think they just. I think they want. Yeah, should I skip ahead? I was a little bit further on my list, but they're, Disney's actually going to be uh, doing another film uh, based on uh, what's well, going to be for Disney Plus. Because uh, okay, so Disney's actually doing Flight of the Navigator. Um, so Bryce Dallas okay. Howard uh, is attached to direct uh, and produce a female-led reimagining of the 1986 uh, sci-fi adventure from Walt Studios and. Uh, you know, so it's Bright, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. So this new iteration, the protagonist will be female instead of male. What a twist. That's such a it, twist. It's a twist. Like, like Disney's never done that before. I freaking love it. I can, and, see, I, can, I can see all these different meetings at Disney every time. They're like, mm -hmm. all right, we got all this shit that we made in the past. How can we bring it back but make it different? And make so it different, saying, right. Like, you can put a female as a lead character. Like, uh, uh, that's it. That's it. Get like a man of rays. And then, like, um, make sure we make them a different color. Um, wait, hold on, hold on. We say that for the other movie. Say that for Little Mermaid. You know, uh, we don't want to go too far. Yeah. It's like every movie for Disney. It's created like new characters and new stories and everything. I don't want to. Right. That's stupid. Like, I I don't know. I feel like the six of us right here could like come up with six different new stories. I I. <laughs> It's not I even like Fire the Navigator. General, like, you have quite like, an imagination now. You're doing these improv classes. I don't like <laughs> when they take like the the new Wonder Years. Now we don't even get into this, but like, why are we mm -hmm. calling it the Wonder Years? Why couldn't it just be a different story about? Yeah. Like, why can't it? Why, why can't it be the Stevie? Why can't it be the Stevie else? Wonder Years? The Stevie okay. Wonder Years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it. obviously it's not a, nostalgia is a very addictive drug, as I think mm -hmm. a lot of us have seen in recent years, and they're banking on that. It's about money, and they uh, know that absolutely about money yeah. are going to pull people in. New stuff is scary. Like we saw that after the crash in '08, all the studios just started remaking stuff because it was a sure thing. It was more sure than a news story. They're still doing it, and it is tiring. It really, honestly, is, and mm. I think that's why indie films are so interesting because yeah. they don't remake stuff and they tell yes. stories and they tell diverse stories. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think it's gaining more ground 
Yeah. Well, you need, you, need, you would need some kind of indie explosion. You need, you would need a movie like Pulp Fiction or something like that to cause. Well, such yeah. I just think no. There's a lot of great indie movies just getting overlooked. I mean, what about Inside the Rain? Vanessa Chachi. That was one of our first shows in the PTV virtual uh, format, and that that film was great. You know, it was. Uh, you know, I just I feel like uh, certain films get overlooked because maybe they don't have the A-list <laughs> actor or. Mm-hmm. You know the A-list uh, or the crazy budget studio budget, you know. Yeah, but how like how many movies nowadays do you actually watch over and over and over again? Like you, you mentioned Pulp Fiction, General. Like I watched that like, you know, probably like thirty times. You know. Yeah, like, <laughs> I probably out. watched it at least once a year. Yeah, but how many movies yeah. nowadays would you watch that many times? Like I mean, even all the Marvel movies, I'm kind of nope. like one and done. You know, I'll, I'll enjoy one it. One and done. Like, I don't need to go back. Yeah, okay. I need to go back and watch like. I like to watch them at least know, twice, typically. Yeah, but, but you're not gonna so, watch it like ten times or anything, right? Yeah, truth be told, Chachi, I'm the same way. Like, I generally don't see a Marvel movie more than once or maybe twice. I enjoy it, but it's not not like, wow, I need to watch that, like, every year or whatever. I mean, there's very few movies that have come out in the past, like, 20 years that I'll watch over and over again. Yeah, it's kind of the genesis quoi. Um, yeah, and that, I mean, that's why I was saying, like, you talk about how, like, indie movies have all these original ideas, and they do. It's just, you need something special to, like, totally shoot through and break that, and, like, change the zeitgeist. You need something that's... Yeah. Even, well, what do you think of Shang-Chi? Because Shang-Chi, it's the number one movie for the second week in a row. Um, You know, it's... uh. I mean, it's already roared past Black Widow to become the fastest film to reach 100 million in North America this year. That's already an accomplishment. Part of it was not putting it on Disney Plus, which is another saving grace. But uh, overall, a fantastic film. Generally, saving grace. <laughs> Your grace. Yo, grace. But uh, <laughs> I think it's certainly deserving of accolades. General, you saw the you saw Shang Chi. Yeah, I the, did. Yeah, so yeah. I was you. It was I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was uh, one thing I really liked about it um, was, and I know it's kind of derivative, but it kind of like picked picked and chose from like all sorts of these like Asian film traditions. Like part of it was wuxia, and they had this whole like kind of like you know um, <clears throat> almost an homage to like John Woo Hong Kong gangster movies like that's those scenes in Macau and like um yeah and it was fun and you know yeah we can talk about the the diversity of the cast and everything which is really great too but it was also you know it i guess what it did is it it was like a tribute to a culture without um falling into stereotypes yeah, I mean, there weren't any stereotypes it. at all, and I think that was a very good observation on your point that you can have representation without stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the big giant dragon. I mean, you see that everywhere. Well, yeah. Year, I mean, but... like you know, having an Asian kung fu master superhero. It, yeah, that's kind of a stereotype. But besides <laughs> that. <laughs> other other than that and dragons right it was, yeah yeah <laughs> no stereotypes but yeah certainly a great film and of course free guy malignant warner brothers uh new horror film Candyman, and jungle cruise comprise your top five at the box office um i heard malignant was pretty uh underwhelming not a very good film and free guy yeah, still doing really well in the box office so Chachan, did you get a chance to see malignant I did not. You did not. 
Um, all right, some movies in production. All right, so we got um, the Wonka prequel to um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's in production with oh. Timothy Chalamet, which I think is actually good casting. You know, if you think about He's it, like a young Gene Wilder. Wilder. If you think of is he going to go Wilder? with the Gene Wilder route or the Johnny yes. Depp route? Right. That's, a Gene, that's a good question, but I think based on his look, I can see him doing the Gene Wilder. Okay. Young Gene Wilder, okay. right? Oh, so he's going to be more flamboyant and less like Michael Jackson-y type weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess that's where they're going to go with I it. I can see that, yeah. But they just added um, uh, Keegan-Michael Key. Um, and his role is being kept under wraps for now. Hmm. Uh, will will Keegan-Michael P be an uncle? I, I seriously highly doubt it. But um, Peter Dinklage, I have a feeling if he's offered a role as Oompa Loompa, he would turn it down as well as well he should. Yeah, he's uh, he's a little unless, too high profile for that. Unless they unless make unless he's like the main Oompa Loompa that they <laughs> then yeah. make all the rest. You oh, he's I mean? like he's like the core Oompa Loompa that they clone right. in the future. <laughs> that'd be, that'd <laughs> that's literally cool. what I'm thinking. Isn't that what they did with the second one? <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess so. In the Johnny Depp one, it was the same actor who played him. It was everything. one guy that yeah. they and made him. Um, that's that's all I would say. Mm. Yeah. was way too high up, but I could see him being the catalyst for all the rest to come. Oh wow, okay. And he, he wouldn't take offense to a role like that. Kind of like the um, Django well, Fett, right? The Django Fett type of character. Yeah, that was a dumb idea though <laughs> when they did that <laughs> in, um, in the prequels, but. I mean, like Peter Dinklage, like when I think about it, has he ever played a role that really uh, drew attention to the fact that he's a little person? Yeah, I don't think so. Elf. Elf? Yeah, an elf. Uh, I guess you're right. Elf. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was Tyrion Lannister. It had to have been. Because most of the time he plays himself. roles where like yeah. they don't even they don't even like acknowledge he's a little person. Like they didn't yeah. when he was Tyrion Lannister. They didn't do that with the uh, what was that? What movie? Was that Netflix movie what? where he played like we a, care a lot. They called him a monster. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! In Wait, that was, Game that was Thrones, kind of like he is literally shunned for being his size. What are you talking yeah, about? They call him imp and stuff on Game. Uh, I guess you're right. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But again, I think it's just the, the It's scope always of the a role. joke. Remember, he was supposed to marry Sansa. It was a yeah. joke. Like, I think he's owned up for who he is. But at the same time, he wants to probably try to move, move from stereotypical. Just like that. You know? Well, I would hope he's playing, so. the attacker, he's playing the Toxic Avenger, and he wasn't like a little it's person. Very, it's going to be very hard for him. Like, yeah. Well, this is what I was talking about. What was it like almost a year and a half ago when we were discussing like diversity? I don't think, I don't know if I put it the same way. I, I'd never heard of colorblind casting before, but I was trying to verbalize that that's what I was talking about where, you know, I really feel so strongly. And I think all of us on here probably do where it's okay. Like if you are a, a hearing impaired person, playing someone who's perhaps not hearing impaired because, you know, it, it just because you have that issue or concern going on should not limit you just to hearing impaired roles, you know? And I feel like that's how it should be across the board, just cutting down those barriers and just opening up roles to people. We don't have to mention 
the differences or the you know certain as long as it doesn't impede the importance well i think i think that only works in that direction you can't do it in the other direction like like a a person a normal i mean a normal size person (laughs) couldn't play a little that's what i was gonna say yeah that's how we could look at anyone and be like this role could be played by a blonde woman a black woman a red-haired woman Mm -hmm. great and any three of us women on here could play that and we could do it well if it was a male role they could be like it could be a bald guy a fat guy a young guy a thin guy whatever guy but when it comes to disabilities or height like things like that i feel like people are so very weird about it right like am i wrong like where we've come so you're not far, wrong at all we've you're come not. so far with things about race and hair color and this right. and that and it's like, but we are still not okay with being like, oh yeah, here's our here's our knight in shining armor, and he's a little person. Exactly, mm. exactly. And you don't have to mention his size. Correct. He just is the knight in shining armor. <laughs> right. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah. That ass, and he jumps off that horse, and he fucking whips everyone at everyone's mm-hmm. ass. Well, well think and of nobody it this talks way. about think that. Yeah, Morgan, think of it this way. Like 50, 60 years ago, you couldn't imagine a knight in shining armor being a black guy. You couldn't imagine a shining armor being an Asian guy. And and then like now. I get it. Then you got the Green Knight, you know, the recent movie, and he's um, he's Middle Eastern. Yeah. Or is he Indian or. um, So. So there you go. There, like, <laughs> he's an iron armor, you know, so that's that kind of a. So, so we're getting there, but like, we're all sitting here thinking about Tyrion Lannister, and it's like, that man is a fucking star. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal actor. And he is Phenomenal still actor. looked at as a little person. Sorry. I would like to see him as that. You still would like to see him. <laughs> I, I think he did like a great job. Old, Tyrion Lannister. They weren't really like, I mean, they they didn't say anything about being little people. They were just like little people. I would like to see him as a role as Knight in Shining Armor and fucking kick some ass. Well, he kind of did that as Tyrion. Somebody. He did that. He did an elf. He he kicked um, Will Ferrell's ass. Will Ferrell was a pansy in that role. Let's move on, guys. (laughs) All right. So uh, let's see. Christopher Nolan. Um, of course, he is the consummate, consummate director. Um, he's uh, His next project is about a man behind the atomic bomb, J. Robert Oppenheimer. Oh, so that's going to be cool. That right? Be well done. Yeah. yeah. He's a, gonna... Oppenheimer is a fascinating, fascinating guy. Yes. This will be at Universal Pictures. Uh, Land of the Rights uh, to Finance and Distribute the Film. Um, no casting announced just yet. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. Um, and Chris Pratt and Sam Richardson, who were um, co-starring in The Tomorrow War, um, were, will be in a new action comedy set up at Universal Pictures as well. Um, and it's called S- Strandard Asset. Instead of standard, it's Strandard. Is it um, standard or stranded? Strandard Asset. Oh. I think it's a play on words. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> log line details kept in the dark, so we won't know much about that one yet. 
All right, over on Netflix, um, Idris Elba will reprise his role as John Luther for the Luther movie at Netflix, joined by Cynthia Revo and Andy Serkis. All three phenomenal talents. Um, should be fantastic. Um, uh, let's see. I'm actually uh, very curious about uh, this Hulk Hogan biopic on Netflix. Chachi, I believe you sent me this. Chris Hemsworth uh, being uh, praised as a great actor who's really taken on the persona of Hulk Hogan. I mean, he's already like swole for Thor. Now I can just get stay swole for uh, <laughs> for the Hulk Hogan biopic. I mean, he's not so. as big as Hogan was though. Yeah, not as big as Hogan was, but he got he got huge in those production pictures. Have you seen him? Yeah. Um, apparently, they're having some trouble with the crowd scenes right now. They need to know how to make a COVID-friendly um, stadium, you know, um, work. Obviously, the best way to do that is with tiling, which you take a section of, you know, small section lines and just repeat it. But uh, maybe they didn't want to go that route. Maybe they wanted it to look legit. And, uh, you know, doing the tiling, you know, oh, you can notice that a speck on the left is, looks exactly like the speck on the right. I don't know. But, <laughs> but um, oh, someone mentioned Game of Thrones earlier. Of course, we're talking about Tyrion. Um, they... So there's there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a Wednesday series based on um, uh, the Adams family, and they just announced Gwendolyn Christie, who's Brienne of Tarth. She will be playing yeah, yeah she'll be uh, playing Larissa Weems, a longtime rival of Morticia Adams. Okay. That should be a pretty cool uh, casting uh, addition, uh, Gwendolyn Christie. Uh, it's kind of cool to see her stay in that genre. You know, she did. Uh, well, do, you, do you really think you think the Adams family is similar to Game of Thrones? No, like I, well, I mentioned like the genre of fantasy and sci-fi because she went from Game of Thrones to Star Wars, you know, to uh, now this this project um, Wednesday. So, uh, um, yeah, I mean, you know, in the fantasy horror, you know, sci-fi. I mean, it's just it's anything but real, basically. It's all the genres. Okay. Um. All right, so they're doing a series on Netflix uh, for Grendel, based on Matt Wagner's Dark Horse Entertainment comic of the same name. Shot, um, general, rather. I'm sure you know about the Grendel comic book uh, from Dark Horse. Yeah, I mean, I know a little bit. I never really <laughs> read it, but it's okay. like a. Uh, I mean, it's 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 a kind of a weird comic. Like it spans like a number of different timeline. I mean, times, uh, time periods, and. I know the character Grendel is not a good guy. He's like a um, he's actually like a kind of like one of those like charismatic but totally sociopathic villains. And I don't know if they'll change that for the show, but it's like. Uh, well, it fo- uh, follows Hunter Rose. Yeah, that's um, the character's name. Hunter. Yeah. Rose. Fencer, writer and assassin who fights organized crime in New York to avenge the death of a lost love until he ends up taking over the crime scene himself yeah okay so they're i guess they're going somewhere with it but they're not going to do like because there was like a medieval grendel and there was like a futuristic yeah. grendel and i don't i guess they're not doing that okay yeah there's uh, a lot about that for not knowing about it yeah yeah you do know a lot uh, <laughs> i guess I did, I know, like i couldn't tell you any actual storylines but i knew like the general framework basic premise yeah it's yeah abu bakar ali will be the the lead in this one not familiar with his work um 
Also, if you've read Devil in Ohio, which is a book um, they're going to make a Netflix limited series based on it with Emily Deschanel in the lead role. It's um, inspired by a true story, but based on a book. It's about a hospital psychiatrist who shelters a mysterious cult escapee, and the world is turned upside down. As the strange girl's arrival threatens to tear her own family apart. So, um, sounds pretty cray cray. Um, also, there's an adaptation of Helen Wan's Partner Track, um, starring Arden Cho, Bradley Gibson, and I got to give a shout out to DMV's own Alexandra Tertian. Um, she has come a long way, this actress. She was from Northern Virginia originally. And then she got a whole bunch of roles, uh, co-stars, guest stars. And then she got a, a regular role on Red Oaks um, on Amazon Prime. And now she's a series regular on this partner track. So congratulations, Alexandra Tertian. Um, knew you back in the indie film scene, and now you're a big star. So congratulations. Um, so General, I know you're a fan of Lock and Key. Yeah. Season uh, two trailer just dropped. Oh, cool! It's, it's been a long time coming, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, that was really fun. The book, I think, the books were, I think were better, but it was still a really fun show. Books were better. That's like apples and oranges, man. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it, it's like uh, that was that was fun. I'll check out the trailer as soon as I can. Yeah, look pretty dope. <clears throat> uh, Narcos Mexico will be uh coming to end with its third season, and they did a little. Fun play on words. Also revealed the final blow of Narcos. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love Narcos. The first season was amazing. Yeah. And then, oh, it was amazing. But then the second season yeah. and third season, they changed cast a little bit and the story okay. was exciting, but it was still really good. Okay. But the upcoming third season, you've, you've only seen the first two? Or is Narcos oh. Mexico? Yes. Completely. That's yes. A, that's a spinoff. One and two. Well, it was sort of a continuation, I believe. Okay. I believe the after the at the end of Narco, the first season of Narcos, one of the partners is then in the second season. It's been a while, but I'm pretty okay. sure they carried it over. But it's a different type of storyline. Like some of the, I think all of the villains that were in the first season are not in the second one. It's like a different. So is it like is it like Fargo where they're totally different storylines each season? They might have one character that is connected. That's how it seems to me. But I think if season three isn't out, I must have just seen season one and two and forgotten that. Yeah, well, season three is going to examine the war that breaks out after Felix's arrest. Oh, then, yeah, no, I haven't. Obviously. OK. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, as newly independent cartels struggle to survive political upheaval and Escalating violence, a new generation of Mexican kingpins emerge. So, there you go. Yep. So, yeah. So, you have only seen one and two. I don't think you've gone into the future and seen season three. <laughs> <laughs> it was so long, but honestly, so much happens in that show, it's hard to, to tell. Because, yeah. like, years go by sometimes. Like, a lot happens. But it, it really is a good show. I'm, I'm waiting. i really waiting with bated breath with um, Ozark season four. Oh, yeah. there's a lot of good shows coming out like that. Um, Stranger Things season four. Really? Yes. Yes. Doom Patrol season three comes out in like a week. 
I still I still gotta finish Doom Patrol, man. It's a it's a very uh, under it's very underrated. Yeah. From what I read, like it's not it doesn't have as much buzz, but it's a fantastic show. Mm-hmm. Um, Haley Atwell has been cast in Netflix upcoming Tomb Raider anime series, so she will be voicing Lara Croft uh, in an animated series based on the iconic game. So look out for that. Um, um, so we mentioned Disney Plus earlier with uh, the Flight of the Navigator, but more importantly, what about that Hawkeye trailer, General? <laughs> wow, I know you're excited, and it has, a, has a Christmas drop because it played yeah. uh, the most wonderful time of the year. Which you know, why not tie a Marvel, you know, Disney Plus series into Christmas, right? You know, yeah, it's kind of like it kind of like uh, just with that the whole Christmas thing, it kind of. Yeah. It kind of gives a fun little vibe, especially yeah. like when they when they showed that Captain America musical, which yeah, actually has a um, there's actually a really funny. I mean, well, to me, it's funny, but it's a there's <laughs> an interesting story about how, like in the 80s, they actually were going to make a Captain America Broadway musical. And they they got to the point where they even cast it and everything it was supposed to be all comedic. Like I think Cloris Leachman was supposed to be like oh, wow. one of the cast members. And uh, to the point, I remember at some point in some old comics where they had ads with like saying like if you're if you're a uh, I remember it specifically said something like if you're a girl who can sing and dance between the ages of 10 and 13 to write this um <laughs> to send a headshot and write this write a letter to some address oh, you go way back write a letter who writes letters <laughs> like I said did, it was did you send the a letter in, in general what's that did you send one in oh I, I tried but my parents <laughs> wouldn't like but yeah it was a little girl yeah and i wasn't a girl either but it was uh, but but they had actually (laughs) they actually had casting notices for it in old comic books and um so that's how you got your casting calls through those kind of (laughs) magazines right yeah yeah but the trailer looked fantastic um i'm i'm a big uh steinfeld fan i got to uh party with her couple a uh, couple years back at the vmas yeah the party at the republic records um she's 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 fun people man but i think she's doing gonna do great it's kate bishop uh she that's her character who initially is a hawkeye fan and owns her skills um you know to be at the i guess a very comparable level to hawkeye so yeah yeah and, and of course, we're probably going to see um, Yelena Belova um, mm-hmm. appear in this one as well. Yeah, based on the what they they alluded to at the end of Black Widow. Yeah, exactly. So it's got a lot of <clears throat> a lot of anticipation there, for that. One. There's a lot of there's a lot of fun stuff. It's based uh, at least uh, you know where they showed those uh, those gangsters in there that they're fighting and they're all wearing these like tracksuits. Yeah, that's a that that's. Um, uh, parallel to one of my all-time favorite comic book stories that has to do with Hawkeye, where like he's um, he has to deal with this like what they call the tracksuit Draculas, or is this like Russian tracksuit? <laughs> uh, it, it is. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it a lot. Right. More comic book geek culture. You know More. HBO Max, uh, they just revealed at the MTV VMAs uh, last Sunday uh, that Leslie Grace has been cast as Barbara Gordon in Batgirl. This will be 
a direct to HBO Max um, superhero film, which will um, will tie into DCAU, I believe. Um, and uh, Leslie Grace was in In the Heights, who was great in that. And she's very excited. She says it's an incredible moment. When she says incredible, she means the textbook definition of I could not believe it. My brain actually broke. Her brain <laughs> broke when she got the news. Yeah, that was great. So are they going to... Do you think for that show they're going to um they're film, going to by the way. This will be a film. Oh, that's right. It's a film. I, when you said HBO Max, I immediately went to show. No, serious, yeah, yeah, no. I mean they're they're gonna do that with the Penguin spinoff. Yeah. For the Batman, the Colin Farrell, who actually looks like Richard Kind and all that prosthetic makeup. A lot of people think that they should just <laughs> rap, cast Richard Kind instead and Richard Kind. <laughs> you know, that's just to touch what you said earlier. Why are all these handsome guys making themselves look ugly? Taking a work away from us. Yeah, it's, it's making it harder for the ugly guys. Right. What the yeah. hell? Yeah, and it's like very... all these actors that would gain like 400 pounds. When you, yeah, when you could, yeah, easily cast one of them. Charlie like, Theron, Halle Berry. They want that Oscar. Everybody, you make yourself look ugly, make yourself look fat. Get Oscar. win an Oscar. It <laughs> used to be where you'd like, yeah. be like, like mentally challenged and you'd win an Oscar if you, um, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio did that. Let me do that. Yeah. What's it going to take? Remember well, What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Yes. Do you think really? people can get away with that now? An uh, actor with a well, no. mental... Like Leo... I mean, Leo is a fantastic he actor, but... very good like, at that. Like I, man? Can, can someone that's not... That, that, I think this is going back to our earlier topic, but I, I don't know if they can get away with that now. Well, I, I don't know. I, I mean, you got a you gotta question... The, the one question about that is, like, if it's depends on, like, what kind of character, like, what kind of mentally challenged ca- character they're playing. Like, for example, like, you know, there's all sorts of stuff about people with, like, OCD or DID or, like, all sorts of, like, personality disorders. I mean, like, anyone could play those, I think. And that's still okay. But like the the kind of mentally challenged where they're like you know slurring their words and I mean yeah. how many of those characters like how many like a lot of the like do you think how many of those characters are like based on reality though that was like our idea of what um, you know mentally challenged I, people were like yeah like um, I mean, like simple Jack you think yeah even something like Forrest Gump like yeah, simple uh, Jack like um. You know, from Tropic Thunder. Yeah, I know. I know where you're going with that. You don't go full piece. I (laughs) I still think about Gilbert Grape and like, to me, like, and maybe I'm ignorant, whatever. But like, I thought Leonardo, like, I didn't even think that was him. Just, just testament of how great of an actor he is. He, like, that was, that was Gilbert Grape. Like to me, like. It was not that he was making fun of a mentally challenged person. It was not that he was playing a character. He was that person. Mm-hmm. Again, I am not mentally challenged. You got to tread very carefully. You're right. It's a very thin line. But for me, mm-hmm. I I felt like that was a fair, like, I mean, I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. Like, to me, that was a good real life portrayal of life like that's what acting's supposed to be yep it's supposed to be an embodiment 
of real a life compl- or a diff- completely different character. Whatever. Yeah. Like I agree. You're supposed to feel <clears throat> what that character and the people around you mm-hmm. feel. Like, I felt that. Yeah. yeah. And to evoke emotion, like clearly Correct. it does. It yeah. Emotion. So for me, I don't think that's wrong. And now people I don't want think to so out, either. <clears throat> people want to come out and be like, well, he's not, that's not a real mentally challenged person. Or that's not a black person. That's not this. And then, like, where do we do? Got to tread very. Got to go very. Thought, tread very carefully. I thought like, acting was. Office. I thought uh, acting was. I was supposed to embody what that person is. Like, I well, can't. and and I totally agree with you. And I think that's also what I've been saying is that we're actors our job is to portray it is not to be reality and crossing those borders and crossing those boundaries because if we're all actors that's our job and to me at the end of the day it's intention that is the line that is set. is intention what is the intent i have post-traumatic stress disorder and other things stemming from that i am totally okay with someone else portraying that if they are not if they don't have PTSD, don't have a history of trauma, for me, it's, are you mimicking, mocking, is the intent negative? If it's not, if it's to educate and broaden people's horizons, I'm okay for it, whoever is supposed to be the best for that part, and also trying to make it as diverse as possible, hopefully getting someone with PTSD. But if that, if you can't find the right person, it's about intention to me. Yeah. Well, PTSD, PTSD while being a source of, like, can be a source of great drama, that's not something that's, uh, I don't know. I mean, PTSD doesn't have some kind of, like, classic stereotypical effect. You know what I mean? You know? Well, it does. It, uh, it you does. Think, you think so? OCD, DID, like what you mentioned, absolutely, to portray those parts, 1000% accurately, you have to have the, the disabilities because they okay. affect everything about you. Okay, and that's so fair. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but you may not see it. Like, people don't right. look at it and think she has post traumatic stress disorder, right. she has a history of trauma, but it absolutely affects everything about me all day long. It affects my decision making, how I think, what my actions are, how I dress, what I do that day. Um, but I'm okay if someone well, else are you are you that. how conscious I mean I don't know if this is too personal a question so if it is oh, you well, don't I'm very things. open about it I got a YouTube oh. channel about it oh, okay <laughs> so how how YouTube conscious show. like how conscious are you of how it's impacting your decision making like is 100%. it oh really that, so even you, right now yeah everything that I've done to prepare for this has to do with counterbalancing the effects that my PTSD has on me Okay, so you're you're specifically, like, like when you make a decision, you specifically are thinking of, okay, because of this past event, I'm probably going to go this way, but I shouldn't go this way. I should go this way. Is that what, something like that? Because of the PTSD symptoms that I have due to my trauma, it Mm -hmm. affects everything. So if I didn't do certain things, like, for example, to prepare for the podcast, I wouldn't be as present. I wouldn't be as relaxed. I wouldn't be as sustainable. I wouldn't be having as much fun. So okay. everything that I've done has to do with 
Yeah, and what I'm doing right now and what I plan to do. So it, it, to me, I'm fine with other people portraying it um, as long as the intention is there. And I would hope that they would educate themselves because, you know, yeah, your lines might say you have PTSD or you might have to shiver in a corner or however they want to stereotypically portray it. Mm-hmm. But how you are day to day, the hunched shoulders, how you look around, how you make minute decisions with your face and your body and everything you do, <clears throat> the more you're educated about that as an actor, which is one reason I love being an actor. And it sounds like Morgan, that's why you like it too. You get to learn, you get to research, you get to experience and help other people expand their knowledge as well. That's really interesting to hear because PTSD is like a, that is a, like kind of a, a cinematic well that filmmakers go to all oh, yeah. the time. <laughs> it's like it's a, uh, you see when people do it well, uh-huh. see when they don't like, yeah. well, um, really quick panel. It got serious. It got dark. Happy birthday, Al. Topic. Yeah, happy it's birthday, Al. Happy Kristen birthday. Michelle has to uh, leave the panel, but Aww. she's been amazing. Aww. Of course, stay tuned at the end of the program. Myself, Vanessa, and Kristen's interview with Evil Dick Donato from Big Brother. Uh, Kristen, thanks for joining us on BTB. Thanks for having me. Love you, girl. Yeah. Thank you, Kristen. Thanks, Kristen. All right. Well, I wanted um, to uh, pivot to another um, interesting topic that could cause discussion. It's based on an article that you sent me, Chachi. The Evil Dead trilogy will be streaming on HBO Max, but they have updated a poster for the these original movies. So the original movie poster had a woman in water with some zombie arms grabbing her and one hand by the throat. Um, the updated poster for 2021, they removed the hand from her throat, and then she just has her arms in the air in the water. Um, so apparently that uh, was a little bit of a controversy, maybe seen by today's standards. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you, do you feel like, you know, maybe the original poster was fine? Um, they did have something very similar with Oscar Isaac. Uh, as Apocalypse, grabbing the throat of Jennifer Lawrence, they actually had to um, uh, apologize and take down um, um, advertisement billboards featuring Apocalypse choking um, Jennifer Lawrence's mystique. And it's the same thing with this Evil Dead poster. So I don't have an opinion. I mean, are they are they changing the movie at all, or is it just the, the movie's going to be exactly the same? It's just yeah. the advertisement. To uh, fit today's standards. I mean, I mean, you the movies. My, initial, my initial reaction is I need more info because I don't I don't understand what the problem is. So does I anyone guess, else know? I guess what it is is they don't like that it was this like very overt display of violence towards women. Right. Well, That's exactly the, what it is. The newer the newer yeah, the newer okay. poster the newer poster is more like subtle and implied that something mm-hmm. terrible is happening to the woman right. and like, like every uh, domestic relationship outside of the box. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. But so, it's, like a, it's like a, it's like a slasher film, right? It's like, everybody yeah, it's a slasher film. Killed. Yeah. So yeah. It's equality. Cause don't, don't they kill men and women in that movie? It could be a screenshot from the film itself. Right. 
look at it this way i mean they they yeah, change God. posters like when they when they like re-release movies or like you know there's more attention brought to an old movie i mean they change like posters and other like display materials for them all the time they did that with star right. wars numerous times right. they did that with um yeah but it's not like a completely new um poster it's just removing the hand that's like choking her Everything else is the same in there. Exactly the same, right? Yeah. So, so you have a movie yeah, where everybody's getting killed. It's just like Friday the Thirteenth. Like Jason killed men, women, like black, white. He didn't care. He was equal opportunity. He, chill, yeah. he, he didn't kill kids, kids though. Equal like young kids. Yeah, he didn't kill kids. So like, if I were, thought he did, oh, didn't he? In part killed. three or part four, like one know, of one, one of Corey Feldman's friends in it. I thought uh, he was a kid. Or was he a teen? I think no. he started with teens. Enough. Well, Corey Feldman was in one of the Friday the 13th when he was yeah. like a little kid. And I. Eh. Did he die? Yeah. No, he didn't die, but I thought one of his, like, his yeah. best friend did. Who was Jason Voorhees did not kill babies. Let's, let's, let's start there. Okay. He did not kill babies. <laughs> All right, moving on to Amazon Prime. This could be very interesting. They're doing their, uh, early development, but a live action She Ra series. Uh, live action though so they already have a netflix animated series which we were we were critical about the type of animation because it was very far removed but a live action could be really fun of she-ra i think it could work really well Uh, no so they haven't chris hemsworth (laughs) so they haven't uh announced any casting it's still in early development but um was there any like between the he-man and she-ra cartoons yes. were, there any, were there any common characters between the two like like in crossover other than he-man and, and, and well did they right? actually did they actually i know they were supposed to be in the same universe but did they there ever crossover. crossover there was some crossover yeah, yeah. oh okay yeah did they have like, a, a christmas special that had both of them i think so yeah i think oh. there was one yeah, yeah, he and She-Ra Christmas special. Yeah, they there were. you go. Okay, fair enough. All right. They were I know General the birth of Jesus in Eternia. There you go. See, <laughs> yeah, you can, you, it's okay to say that. Um, <laughs> uh, General, I know you know about Neil Gaiman's Anansi Boys. A little bit, yeah. Okay, cool. So they're it's doing kind a series. Of at... a, it's kind of a like a spinoff of American Gods. Like American story, gods, but it's, it's based on that African uh, myth, myth mythology. Yeah, with the yeah, yeah, the Anansi like the spiders, the spider. right? the yeah. spiders. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's cool. I remember that book as a kid. Um, mm-hmm. and Malachi Kirby uh, was just uh, just been attached to play dual lead roles of both Charlie and Nancy and his brother Spider. Yeah, that's uh, that should be really good. I'd have yeah. to, I, I have to reread it. It's been many, many years since I've read it, so I don't really remember much from it. But yeah, it's uh, it would be cool. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Anything, just about anything Neil Gaiman does is great. And so he's such a brilliant writer. Yeah, There's not many, such a brilliant mind. So mm-hmm. it's fantastic. Met him at the New York com, uh, com, uh, mm-hmm. New York uh, Cop Con couple years back so hopefully b2b will be in the house for that this year now that the the comic cons are coming back um so uh over on showtime there's that super pumped so the season one's gonna uh, focus on the uh the ride sharing app uber 
which is kind of cool because we saw that with Facebook, the social network movie. But now we're going to see every season will be a different maybe app or, um, you know, invention or, or some something groundbreaking. And the entire season will be um, devoted to that because, my God, I mean, the creative Uber, what a genius, man. I mean, uh, even though I, I, I vaguely remember writing something very similar for my um, my term paper for graduate school on an app ride sharing app uh and uh which i <laughs> failed to meet with a developer because it was right before uber started and i probably would be in a much better place right wait now. wait you invented uber i wrote in 2006 seven ish i think i wrote um a term paper based on an app for taxis um, whether it was a mobile and it was kiosks. Sometimes, you know, you don't know how to call a taxi and um, there was like a kiosk and there was also an app um, and you could call a taxi that way. Um, and um, I had the whole, you know, development, the system lifecycle development. Um, yes, okay. You're, there you no, go. I, uh, I just know it hurts. It hurts. It hurts because it hurts. I, didn't, I never met with a developer. <laughs> That was what year? Cool idea, and I'm not a millionaire, so <laughs> it really hurts right now, guys. Actually, yeah. yeah, I mean, well, you can you can look at it this way. I remember in the late '90s, there had just started being this website called Six Degrees, mm-hmm. and uh, what it pretty much was, like, I remember a friend of mine sent me an email about it, and I was like, "What is mm-hmm. this?" And, you know, you were supposed to put your name in and then, like, you would eventually get, like, it's supposed to be based on six degrees of separation and everything. It was pretty much, like, you know, as far as I know, because this was, like, 1998 or 1999, you know, that's that's long before Facebook, long before MySpace, long before Mm -hmm. Friendster, any of those. Friendster. (laughs) And, um, you know, that certainly went nowhere. No one's remembering. No one... You mentioned Friendster. I'm sure friend, the Friendster developers like, why the fuck did ours take off? And yeah, did, you know, you know what I mean. And but it's it's a cool concept. But yeah, we love Elizabeth Shue. She's been a well. I mean, if you, if you feel better, Uber started in 2009. Yeah, so it's three years after I wrote my term paper. Yeah, oh, I feel like crap. <laughs> <laughs> but, so they're uh, so yeah. they're so they're doing dramatizations of the creations of all these like apps and I think uh, that's what it's called. It's it's called Super Pumped. Okay. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Kyle Chandler, uh, among uh, among the cast for the first season, and Elizabeth Shue just added. Awesome. Um, yeah, it sounds like it'll be pretty cool. I'm psyched for it. Chachi, did you watch episode five of The Walking Dead? I did. It, it helped, yes. helped me um, fall asleep that night. Oh, did you think it was boring? <laughs> uh, most really? of it was boring. It got excited towards the end, but like I thought it was good because it had the four four really big storylines within one episode. Usually they kind of focus on one, mm-hmm. but uh, it was catching up with Carol's group at Alexandria. It was all about Eugene's group at the Commonwealth. Some Negan and Maggie. Um, and we, you know, the Commonwealth was really cool because uh, we got to see more of this organized community within the apocalypse. Okay, okay. Now I was talking about episode four then. Ah, okay. five you haven't seen yet. No, but okay. episode four was boring, right? Episode four was about Pope uh, and Daryl yeah. uh, being recruited by the Pope. Yeah. To, to this new faction where he saw his love interest Leah. 
that's the one you watch, that, right? That Pope guy, he didn't seem like too scary to me, as opposed to a lot of the, um, you know, previous. I don't villains. know. He put his own team members face first into a fire. That's, that's I mean his 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 looks or whatever. That's pretty hardcore, man. That action is actually looks in the episode. God. But no, like, it was like, pretty. Like Alpha was pretty scary looking. Alpha was scary, and it's funny, interesting you mentioned that, um, Chachi. I don't know if it's really a spoiler because I, th- but uh, I think it was in the the trailer. But yeah, we see a few whispers in this episode. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, that's a little too much. I know you haven't seen it yet, but hey, uh, not spoil anything. I won't spoil anything for you, but it was good. It was ready. good, you know. I'm ready for the show to end. <laughs> and then we got to catch up on Connie and Virgil next week, as you know, Connie's been missing since getting lost in the cave, and they get the um, vital information from one of the characters that well, one of the whispers who uh, tells um, tells our heroes where Connie could be. So that's going to be all about next week. So check it out then. Oh, I bet Sabrina's going to love this show. She's probably going to watch this show. Um, with her pants down. No, <laughs> love you, Sabrina. It's a joke because I know you love Tom Welling and you called your vibrator Tom Welling. But, anyways, it's CW's <laughs> CW's professional starring Tom Welling, <laughs> Brendan Fazer, and Elena Alnaya. Um, it follows Welling as a top security operative who's paid to protect the interests of the rich and powerful clients by any means necessary, legal or not. Um, so. <laughs> I'm sure Sabrina's going to be watching for sure. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I think I mentioned uh, working on Peacock's um, Bel Air last week. Um, the whole cast has been uh, announced. Again, this is a drama reimagining of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Jabari Banks was the first cast uh, member announced. Cassandra Freeman will be playing Aunt Viv. Adrian Holmes is Uncle Phil. Ollie uh, Charlatan as Carlton. Coco Jones as Hillary. No one can replace Carlton. Yeah. The, can this guy, so the thing is, can this guy do the dance? And will he do the dance? <laughs> will he well, dance? Because I don't know. Or it's, because it's, it's a serious drama, are they not, are they going to try to forego the dance? You know what I mean? I'm I, sure. I don't know. I'm sure. Do it in somehow. I don't know. Like it, yeah. This is very weird, and I don't know who asked for this. Like, I mean, I mean, everybody, Will everybody, Smith maybe asked for it. He, he loved asked, it. He, he loved the, he asked the for the paycheck, trailer. That's what he asked for. He loved the he, fan trailer. That's how the yeah, catalyst well, started. Well, he saw dollar signs. Is all he saw. But he saw like, dollar signs. Exactly. I mean, everybody enjoyed the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and like, I, I, you know, besides that person who made the trailer, no one sat around me like, you know, I wish it was was more serious and like just a, you know, um, a drama. Like I don't know, like. It's like seeing like a drama of like Mr. Belvedere. Like who wants to see that? Or like of the Golden Girls. Yeah. Like. Oh, that'd be so terrible. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, let's see. Anthony Mackie signed on for the lead role in a twisted metal live action series by Sony Pictures Television. Uh, no network has been announced for that yet, but it's based on the vehicular combat games released in 1995. So if you played uh, Twisted Metal, the arcade game, the uh, the video game on PlayStation or whatever the, the console was in the mid-90s. Um, they are now making it a series. So look out for it. 
Um, it seems uh, it seems a little late, but I guess. Yeah, uh, does anyone still care? Like they're making a show about Uno, the card game, but yeah, hey, no. can still play Uno. My kids okay. love Uno. Okay, Uno is still fun. It's still yeah, relevant. Yeah, Twisted Metal, Twisted Metal, a um, you know, it it's a. I mean, it was a fun PlayStation One game, I guess, right. like in the '90s. But yeah, like I can't imagine. People like anyone in the world is still talking about it, <laughs> and uh, yeah, except for the makers of this. Was it a show or a movie? Uh, this will be a series. Yeah, uh, except for yeah. the makers of this series, I guess. We'll have to see. I'm curious on what network that landed. As you know, the big Emmy primetime Emmys are uh, this Sunday. However, they had the Creative Emmys, which acknowledges uh, the special effects, makeup, and hair. All the very important um, categories they can't announce at the Emmys because there's not enough time because there's so many TV shows. Um, and Mandalorian were among, and The Queen's Gambit were among the big winners for a lot of those crew categories, you know, which is very important. But there were some actor categories announced. These are the guest actors in a comedy and drama series. Of course, these are the actors that pretty much uh, are appear in just one episode. So. Uh, Dave Chappelle, no surprise, as he's the winner uh, for hosting Saturday Night Live as guest actor in a comedy series. Um, interestingly enough, Maya Rudolph won for guest actress in a comedy series. And then you had Claire Foy return at, uh, for The Crown in guest actress for a drama series. So she won for best actress. And Courtney B. Vance, um, best actor in a drama series. Um, as a guest actor. So the major actor category, supporting actors, that's all going to be at the Emmys this Sunday. Um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of celebrities announced um, that will be uh, presenting, including the Schitt's Creek cast and um, Anthony Anderson, Kate Beckinsale, Adrian Brody, Kelly Cuoco, Jennifer Coolidge, Beanie Feldstein, who is great by the way, in American horror story, Sorry, American Crime Story, Impeachment. She plays a great Monica Lewinsky. Just checked out the first episode. And uh, um, yeah, I thought I think it's a fantastic show. Ryan Murphy uh, did a fantastic job directing the first episode. I know uh, second episode just dropped. So really looking forward to that. Of course, New York Comic Con uh, returning October 7th to the 10th. Few panels were just announced. Nothing that I'm looking forward to. There hopefully will be more, but we have an expanse panel. We have a panel for the Wheel of Time. And I know what you did last summer. This is the reboot, the classic thriller reboot. So some panels are starting to uh, formulate for that, which should be pretty cool. And yeah, um, uh, reality TV news. Um, before we take a classic cut break, ABC's Dancing with the Stars celebrity cast was announced. There are three, um, three uh, cast members in the season of Dancing with the Stars that have appeared on Below the Belt show. Like, kind of cool. Wow. That includes Martin Cove from Cobra Kai. Yes. My buddy Mike the Miz Mizanin, WWE superstar and former Real World star. And one of the professional dancers is Emma Slater, um, who's also appeared on uh, uh, Below the Belt show a couple times. But joining The Miz and Crease in uh, Dance with Stars includes country singer Jimmy Allen, Spice Girl Melanie C, 
Ooh. Christine Chu, Brian Austin Green from 90210, <laughs> Melora Harden of The Office, social media star Olivia Jade, Matt James, the first black bachelor on ABC, Amanda Klutz from The Talk, gold medal Olympian Suni Lee, and Kenya Moore from The Real Housewives of Atlanta. So um, there you go. Um, that is the cast of Dancing with the Stars. So um, the upcoming season. So when we come back from a classic cut, we got our special guest, Tennille Reed. Talk a little bit about Met Gal and the VMAs. And uh, yeah, well, we'll be back. So um, for this week's um, Chachi, you're giving me the classic cut this week. Just birthday. Okay, just for the birthday? Get, get oh, it right back to me. I should feel so so honored it's a big honor it's a big honor you know so it is my birthday so you know what i'm gonna go classic as far as maybe like five years ago so I, it's it's more of a cool cut but i i just love this song and i just started noticing that summer has is now fading away and it's now getting cooler outside we're thinking of festivals and fall weather pumpkin lattes we're thinking um we're thinking um, Halloween, um, and we're thinking about uh, just cooler weather. And when you wear, when it's cooler weather, you tend to wear clothes that kind of warm you up. So this is one of my favorite alternative rock songs. I know, from the time I know. It. It came out. It's by a band called The Neighborhood, and it's called Sweater Weather. Um, love this song. It's a phenomenal song. Initially, when I first heard this song. I thought it was a woman singer, but it's not. It's just uh, uh, a very high tenor, I guess. Um, but um, I got to see these guys at the the VMAs um, a couple years back. It was a part of um, the VMA pre-show. Um, our friends over at One Iota. I highly recommend OneIota.com, guys. If you ever want to go to a show, an award show, a movie screening, um, they do some premieres. They're a little tough. If you want to go to a talk show taping for Fallon, for Jimmy Kimmel, for any of your favorite shows, go to oneiota.com. Just a great way. All their shows are free. Tickets are free. And I just vividly remember this show. Um, um, back in the VMAs, and it was around my birthday time as well. The Neighborhood. Sweater Weather. We'll be right back on Below the Belt Show. Uh, a little bit more to Red. And uh, yeah, we'll be back right after the classic cut. All right, so that was sweater weather. Is anyone excited for sweater weather? Uh, yes. The fall season. You ready for your pumpkin lattes and your your boots and uh, <laughs> you know? Have you had enough of the sun? Has everyone had enough of the sun yet? Yeah, I'm kind of done with the sun. I You're think. done with for the sun for a little sun. while. For a little while. Well, I like I like the sun to still exist. I'm done with. Uh, I'm done yeah, with. I'm done with shorts weather. I don't want to wear shorts anymore. I want to wear long pants again. Okay. <laughs> there you go. 
So yeah, that was a great song. Are you familiar with that song, General? Um, yeah, I've heard it before. It's, it's if, if you song, were gonna if, if you were gonna go with a with a with a sweater song, I would have went with Autumn Sweater by Yola Tango personally for the classic cut. But uh, oh, Yola Tango, or what about if you want to destroy my sweater? Yeah, but that one's like really really well known. Autumn Sweater by Yola Tango is a okay. fantastic song. Okay, so out of the three just... sweater songs, Sweater yeah. Weather, Yola Tango. <laughs> no, and well the song's called if Autumn. Autumn destroy my sweater. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So New York apparently was the the place to be um, the last week because MTV VMAs took place, which sadly I didn't go this year. Uh, Met Gala took place, which I'm still waiting for my invitation. And New York Fashion Week was also uh, happening, which I have attended. But uh, yeah, so the Met Gala. So that's the hardest event to get into any celebrity event. Um, it's headed by Vogue's Anna Winter. Uh, known as the party of the year uh, was on September 13th. Uh, did not happen in 2020. Um, of course, benefits the Metropolitan Museum of Arts Costume Institute. Um, and the co-chairs of the evenings are Timothy Chalamet, Billie Eilish, Amanda Gorman, and Naomi Osaka. Um, joining honorary chairs, um, Anna Winter uh, and... Um, Instagram head Adam Masseri. So if you want a ticket to Met Gala, develop an app, a successful app. <laughs> you will get invited to the biggest <laughs> uh, party of the year. Um, and all attendees acquire, uh, require vaccination and a PCR negative test. So um, I remember, yeah, so um, Nicki Minaj was one of those celebrities because she says she is not vaccinated. She's still doing research. She did not attend. Um, the um, you guys saw you guys saw her tweet about how her cousin who was vaccinated had like enlarged testicles or something like that. Did you guys see that? (laughs) I read that it was impotence. Well, actually, well, usually that's a so that's why she's not getting that's supposed to be uh, that's supposed to be a symptom of like various STDs as opposed to uh, but she was claiming it had something to do with uh, with getting vaccinated. And um, oh, that's insane! Like such a facepalm. <laughs> it is a facepalm. Um, Vanessa, did you see any of the fashions at Met Gala? Did any anything stand oh, out? Yeah. Um, the what is it called? The the non dresses. What are they called? It's the skin dress. It's literally they just show up in a bra and a thong, but they wear like wow. a very mesh see through dress. I have no so objections has, to seeing that. Have you not seen this? I, I've seen a few that might kind yeah, of... That was Megan Fox, right? Megan no, Megan Fox, Fox was, was at the BMAs, but I don't, okay. was she at Met Gala as well? There may have been one at the Met Gala okay. as well. Everyone's doing that. Everyone's doing a wet dress where, like, the dress looks wet. Okay. I'm a huge <laughs> fan. Like, I... I I'm probably would never wear something like that, but I think it's really cool. At the Met Gala, you know, yeah. that's the kind of fashion I would wear on the red carpet every freaking day, you well, know, and sometimes it's sexy, but sometimes it's really weird. It's well, weird. There's nothing, well, there's nothing wrong with weird. Well, we're weird. weird, weird but it's, it's, it's eccentric. You would never see this in another party. For but example, I, Chris Jenner channeling her inner, um, I guess ninja slash Muslim girl because she's covered head to toe. Um, Wait, no, that was Kim. Wasn't that Kim? I'm sorry. 
Kim Kardashian, sorry. Yeah. Kim was with Kris Jenner. Sorry about that. Um, but then you have a very interesting, um, which looks like a golden stormtrooper uh, gladiator in Lil Nas X. Mm, yep. Very interesting uh, attire. Um, looks like we got uh, Serena Williams in something kind of see-through. If you saw her uh, outfit at the Met Gala. Oh, really? Okay. Um, uh, yeah, if you like that. Uh, <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, Cynthia Revo. <laughs> uh, very, very, uh, very revealing um, like outfit that she wore with a long skirt, but kind of like a revealing top. Um, mm-hmm. um, Billie Eilish looking very glamorous for going her usual tippy, typical baggy clothing. Right. She was channeling. Well, so the theme of it was Made in America, is it? Made or in America, yes. Something having to do with Americana. It's so whatever Americana, you wore, that's right. Yeah, whatever you wore was supposed to be a nod to that. And I think yep. she was channeling Marilyn Monroe for that look. There you go. And, yeah. and you mentioned that Dan Levy had a picture of what appears to be a United States map uh, in the shape of two men kissing. Um, yes, and yep. the outfit was kind of like a globe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Okay, I can see that Americana. Okay, uh, it's yeah. starting to make sense on the theme now, because you got to be really, really um, cognizant of the theme, you know. And if you're um, Kamala Harris's stepdaughter, you get invited to the Met Gala. Of course. Ella M. Hoff. I gotta admit, she she looked good at at the. You know, a lot of people say, "How is this woman a model?" You know, she's anything but a model. Uh, doesn't really, um, but. She really cleaned up really nice for the uh, the Met Gala. Chachi, wouldn't you say Emhoff uh, cleaned up nice? I didn't see her. Okay. Um, Maisie Williams now. Wait, Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones. She um, had a really cool goth look, inspired by the Matrix. And Debbie Harry completely nailed the um, Americana theme um, with a blue denim denim looking top and then a, a red and white like um skirt that kind of expanded you know dress dress part of the so mm-hmm. um yeah, all in all you know um pretty uh pretty um yeah i wish i was there <laughs> so, wow. zoe kravitz she wore one of those dresses ah zoe kravitz see how if you would have um, invented um uber you would have been there if i invented <laughs> uber i would have been at the Met Gala, I I want to go one day, guys. I please. <laughs> so Al, I didn't know what Zoe looked like, and when we went to the SAG Awards, SAG Awards, yes. So, I walked up to her and I started talking to her about her dress. Her dress, yeah. I didn't know who she was. She's just standing there, you know. And I was right. just like, I love your dress, blah 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 blah. It was like this soft orange. It was just structured. It was yeah, really orange dress. You're but right. The look she was giving me was like. It wasn't like she was weirded out or anything, but it was yeah. like, you're, you're talking to me. You're talking to me. They're, they're supposed <laughs> to talk to me. And it was really nice. I, exited, I exited immediately because I was like, well, this girl's clearly, you know, not interested in talking very much. Not in a mean way. And then I realized when I saw her photo online later that that's mm-hmm. who it was. And so she may have been like, I'm a celebrity. Why are you talking to me? Right. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty interesting. And speaking of yeah. interesting um, reactions, there's a, a photo that went viral of Larry David at New York Fashion Week. 
and he looks uh he looks like he was not having a pretty pretty good time uh he was uh, appeared <laughs> like he was on the phone during a new york fashion um show um a lot of people thought it might have been a shoot for his show but i doubt it i, I don't know there, there would have been cameras there would have been you know um but uh <laughs> no that wasn't the case uh for larry david um but yes um yeah that's usually what they do they do new york fashion week um preceding and then they do the met gala kind of closing that off you know um but yeah look for that picture of uh, larry david it's actually pretty funny um and uh yeah i wonder if that's uh because like you know he was like talking to people like jared leto and something like that that could be the precursor to a curb your curb your enthusiasm Enthusiasm, yeah you know Awesome. Well, guys, we we have our special guest on the line. We're just talking about Met Gala because I know PR machine himself, Mr. Mike Leota, was at Met Gala. The lucky guy, but one of his clients is joining us here on Below the Belt show. Um, And it's our second amazing talent from Surreal Estate, which is a great show you should be watching on Sci-Fi. We welcome to Below the Belt show to Neil Reed. Hi. Hey. Hi. Good to have you on uh, BTB. So we had um, Adam on, uh, um, I believe, uh, about a month ago. And uh, we're happy to have you on, the second cast member uh, from uh, this amazing show that everybody should be watching, Surreal Estate. (laughs) Right on. I'm happy to be here. I'm glad. Glad Adam warmed things up for me. <laughs> he did. He did because I was already like two episodes in, so I watched a few more episodes to kind of catch up and um, love your character. And uh, you know, I, I think it's really um, not only do I love the theme because I love everything sci-fi, supernatural, but um, I'm a big Shit's Creek fan. So to see uh, some familiar faces from Shit's Creek, including. Tim Rosen and Sarah Levy, and uh, looking on your IMDb yourself, you had a role in Schitt's Creek as well. So, <laughs> yeah, is that, is yes, that kind of like I the did. rite of passage, you know, for for most Canadian shows, is to be on Schitt's Creek? <laughs> I, <guess. laughs> I mean, it was one of those great shows that went on for you know a handful of seasons. So I think a lot of actors got a chance to play on that show. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Mutt no longer has a beard, and his name is Luke. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Which Nor, uh, sh- uh, mustache. <laughs> right, right. Do you prefer the 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 beardiness of 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 a Mutt, or do you prefer the the uh, smooth shaven of a, of a Luke with your Tim? I mean, I think I'm I'm leaning toward the smooth shaven Luke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But it's all I know as well. So <laughs> great, great. So uh, yeah. So, so uh, again, mentioning that a lot. Um, Sarah, Tim, and yourself, I would come from Schitt's Creek. Uh, all getting on set together was one of those things. Like, wow, we worked on. We all worked on Schitt's Creek together. It was one of those, uh, um, you know, moments of realization. I guess. Yeah, it was it was lovely. I I my scene was or my scenes were with um, Eugene and Emily. So I actually didn't meet Sarah and Tim until we got to set for. Oh, okay. Night. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, yeah, our storylines didn't actually cross over. So okay. it was a wonderful kind of um, 
introduction to them because I had known about their work and um, mutual friends spoke so highly of them. And to finally land on set and act with them was was a lot of fun. That that is awesome. That is awesome. And very different roles from from um, their um, Schitt's Creek characters. Uh, Tim's character very different. In fact, yeah, I didn't put two and two together until I realized that that's the same actor. And then Sarah, Sarah is fantastic. Very different character than Twyla. Mm-hmm. So just uh, you know shows a lot of that range. Um, um, well, I guess just to start from the beginning, I guess getting um, cast as Megan. In, in the show. Um, tell us a little bit about that journey. And uh, I guess already having a strong resume uh, helped, but uh, tell us about winning the room for the role. Sure. It was surreal to say the least. <laughs> um, it was during the pandemic when um, casting houses were not seeing people in person. So yes. my audition was actually on tape. And um, I remember reading the script and the sides for Maggie Donovan and really loving the writing. It had this like uh, fun, uh, quirky and um, snappy kind of rhythm to it that was really fun to play off of. Um, And so I put the scenes on tape, sent it through my agent to casting and then really forgot about it because I think almost a month had passed. Um, And then I got the call saying that they had- You said the call right away, right? Or within a week, right? (laughs) For most Yeah, I got the call saying that they had an offer for me. And I asked, I remember asking my agent, offer for what? (laughs) Because- You didn't know what role. (laughs) There had been no callback. There had been no pre-test. Like, yeah. for me, it was like, oh, they couldn't possibly be offering me Megan. They must be, like, offering me, I don't know, something something different. Um, but it was for Megan. And, um, and again, because of the pandemic, there wasn't room for... Um, in-person callbacks. And in-person, like, callbacks, yeah. So it was a lovely mm-hmm. surprise. And... Um, yeah, I immediately was just flooded with excitement and, and yeah. adventure because we were going to be shooting in St. John's, Newfoundland. And uh, yeah. I before, so there was just, you know, a lot in this package that was very appealing. <laughs> yes, yes. So so did, did you have to have a, a, a chemistry read with, with him? No. Or just, just kind of just from the tape, yeah, just cast as Megan and then you're on set. Basically. And then you're on set, yeah. Oh. And I think it was, you know, I think it says a lot about our casting directors, yeah. and the powers that be um, with the show, George Olson and the producers, the directors, because I think they had a, a, a good enough, like, um, sense, uh, uh, you know, one of those <laughs> seven senses of being able to match people and, and know or be able to trust that it's it's going to be okay. Yeah. That, that's awesome. I mean, you have a really exciting resume. I was looking into you a little bit, of course, and um, I watched the pilot first, and then during the pilot, I was like, this girl's really good. So while the pilot was going on, my husband and I are watching. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, keep it playing, keep it playing, honey. And I was like Googling <laughs> you and everything. 
And you do have a really exciting resume. I watched your reels. I watched your commercial reels. And if I was, I'm an actress, but I also do a lot of other stuff. And if I had the experiences that you've been able to have behind or in front of the camera, I would be really, really happy with where my career was headed. Um, one yeah. of the things I noticed about you that I really like is your voice. And I have to ask you, do you have classical training? Because there's no vocal fry. It sounds perfect for radio. It's so well-rounded. It's full-bodied. Like, I feel like that's a no solid strong Canadian accent. <laughs> <laughs> Canadian accent. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, thank you for all of that. That's very lovely to yeah. hear. Um, yeah, I, I, I did go to theater school, and I, I suppose there's like good training there with my voice because of that. But I also just think. My mom, my mom grew up um, with a very strong British influence and mm -hmm. she speaks very properly. And, and I think just being around her by default and osmosis, I picked that up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I think it definitely sets you apart a little bit. I really do. And I could tell by what you had been cast as that that may have influenced it. I mean, I don't know, obviously, but it seemed as though it's just a very confident sounding voice. Your presence is very confident, but reassuring. Um, and I think your voice lends to that. And um, you don't really see that a lot. So I just had to ask you, that's very interesting about the background. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. So let's talk about shooting in Newfoundland because I guess with the theme of surreal estate, it's all about supernatural and ghosts and dealing with uh, the you know all the ghouls and monsters and demons and <laughs> all variety of scary things, all within the premise of trying to sell houses. So I think that's really kind of cool because you can't sell a haunted house, man. Nobody wants to <laughs> move anywhere where somebody has died. Um, exactly. Uh, is does Newfoundland lend itself to being that uh, town where it kind of has that uh, feel of, uh, of of a supernatural? a place uh, yeah a hundred yeah 110 <laughs> percent yeah i've seen photos never been but yeah it, it does oh I yeah have... i think i mean i think every old house has a story there it's mm -hmm. it's saint john's it's you know and one of the most eastern cities of canada and oldest and so it's a it was a port it is a port it, it just has you know, centuries of history that oh. that was a, a spot for like travelers coming and going, let alone the history before that even. And so just the the there's definitely a kind of energy and vibe there that that lends itself to houses that might be metaphysically engaged. <laughs> um you know, I I didn't experience anything firsthand, but because of the stories I'd heard, I definitely slept with the light on for the first month that I was <laughs> And I mean, I'd like to think I don't believe in ghosts, but there was something spooky enough about the whole situation. That yeah, I was, I was wondering if your, your opinion has changed on the supernatural in real life uh, based on work on the show. <laughs> has it? I, I for sure believe in energies and post-life 
energies that maybe haven't moved on. Um, I, I, I've never experienced it myself. So, um, it's hard for me to like, you know, find a concrete factual sense of it all, but. Are you um, having nightmares now? What's that? (laughs) Are you having nightmares now? (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I actually had some really bizarre dreams in Newfoundland, but none of them were were nightmares. (laughs) Okay. Very, very interesting. So a uh, big season finale um, dropping this Friday. Yeah. Um, what can you tell us about it? Uh, the uh, subtitle is The House Always Wins. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it leaves. And if the house wins, that means the ghost won or whatever entity was in the house at the time. So it right. kind of well, has a creepy I mean, connotation. I can't give it away, but of course not, definitely. Right? It nudges your curiosity in that direction, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I can I can definitely say that the house puts up quite a fight and um each character That reminds me of my plumbing issue from uh, the other day. Yeah. 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 Yeah, houses will do it. (laughs) Yes. Every every character in the Roman agency uh, has an experience um, coming up this this season finale where the house and them will play, and it's it's really interesting how I think it's really compelling how the house chooses to play with each of them. Oh boy, creepy, <laughs> creepy, and I gotta I gotta admit the effects are on point. Both practical and CG. I know it's more practical than CG. Would you say it's a combo of both? A combo of both? A combo of both. Yeah. Yeah. In my experience, yeah. Yeah. It seems like they they really nailed it. I mean, from the giant crows to that big monster that Father Phil Orley was fighting in episode five uh, to the creepy little girl that was levitating flying crushing that boy's poor hamster <laughs> i mean yes. a lot of crazy characters in this show yeah yeah, yeah. really huge scope for the imagination that's yeah for sure. <laughs> have they talked about season two yet so we still don't know okay yeah we're still fingers crossed and hoping but we don't know all right well we <laughs> certainly Hope we hope that it is green lit because if it's one of those finales that leaves you hanging, you know, people are going to want to see, <laughs> yeah, and it leaves you hanging. Trust me, it does. All right, well, then there you go, sci fi. Sci fi, you need to renew this amazing show um, for another season, that's for sure. Um, very, very cool. So, um, let's talk a little bit about um, some other work we can, Daniel. So, um you got uh, Working Moms, you're recurring as Bianca and that. Um, you guys just finished season five. That's and it. season six in production soon? Season six is technically in production, yeah. All right. Yeah. Wow, that's a good run. I think a series that goes for six seasons is pretty impressive. I think so, too. I think yeah. I think they're on to something that we don't see a lot on TV, you know, following these core moms juggling family life with work and, you know, unapologetically 
making choices that, you know, some might might consider poor or some might judge. But like, I think the show does such a good job at like celebrating these decisions and and the strength behind these moms who also want careers at the same time. Yes. Very important message. And if you haven't watched Working Moms, it's on Netflix. Uh, for for the for the American audience, of course, but uh, over in Canada, you guys are on CBC. That's right. Yeah. Okay. CBC Gem. Yeah, but you can catch it all. You can binge it all on Netflix. General, you've been a little quiet. You know something about working moms, don't you? A little bit, yeah. The because your uh, wife's a working mom. Sometimes you got to be Mr. Mom, right? Yeah, and she's uh she she's had me watch a few episodes. I haven't watched the entire run so i have to confess i haven't seen any episodes with you okay because your character comes in season two right yeah, yeah. and of season two okay. five yeah so yeah. but i do i guess i do have a question for you to the um so you know you've you've uh looking at your resume you've kind of spanned a lot of genres like you know obviously your most recent i mean your biggest project right now is obviously surreal estate and that's kind of like a horror almost like a comedic horror and um you know you've also done comedy it looks like you've done drama it looks like you even did like a superhero show you were on heroes reborn yes (laughs) and uh (laughs) sequel to heroes which everybody loved yeah. Is there is there anything like uh, like were you you know, were you, like when you were um, before before you got into acting, at least at least not professional acting, like were you, was there anything like you were particularly, I guess, nerdy about? And are there any genres that you'd like to do that you haven't done before? Great questions. Um, I think. I think fantasy sci-fi has always had a place in my heart. I think yes. the woman after my heart. Yeah. <laughs> the scope is so huge and the stories then they get to be outside the box as a result. Mm-hmm. Um, they really get a bigger landscape to, to develop characters that we wouldn't normally see or get to empathize with. So I, I like that right. about, um fantasy and sci-fi and also i'm such a i love costuming and i love um anything that transforms me physically it really feeds Mm -hmm. me as a character and again sci-fi and fantasy allow that to um so so you're you're good with the what four hours of makeup for like (laughs) Well, I mean, to be fair, I haven't had that experience yet. <laughs> okay. But maybe maybe for Surreal Estate number t- uh, season two, you might get something crazy. Bring out the prosthetics. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll well, like, lead to something happen to your character. We don't want anything to happen to your character. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thank you. <laughs> you never know, though. <laughs> I was curious, how, how was your experience on Heroes Reborn since, General, you brought up Heroes Reborn? You were the cheerful... Renata's woman? Yeah, yeah. It was um it was it was great. It was um I felt like I was stepping into a a, a legacy <laughs> because of the original mm. heroes and yes. Uh, it it was a you know a really great set to be on. 
my my character wasn't um, a superhero, so I was always a bit sad about that. <laughs> but um, it definitely gave me a taste for that that world. <laughs> okay. And then also another cool thing is Shadow Hunters. Yeah. Yeah. How was that experience? Yeah, that was that was great. That was so. My character is in the the pilot of that show, and yes. she is a professor of this New York Academy for Art. And um, I basically deny um, the lead access to the program. Um, but we played the scene. It was one of those things, like it was the pilot. It was the first day of shooting. And so there was a really neat energy on set because everyone was kind of new to it. We were all finding the rhythm of it. Um, and so we we played a lot more than I think I would have had the chance to maybe later on in the series. You know, it was it was a lucky experience for me to come in that early. That's awesome. Now, uh, I know a lot of uh, Canadian actors, because there's so much work, whether it's Vancouver, Toronto, you know, um, any of the other provinces. But some some actors, you know, try their hand in New York or Los Angeles. Is that something that's you're, you're possibly going to do down the road? Or, or do you feel like the market is great in Canada where you are right now? I'm definitely considering it. I'm definitely... Okay. Um, extending my reach down down south <laughs> to um, LA specifically yes. um, to just broaden the market. There is so much shooting in Toronto and the surrounding area, of course, Montreal and Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, that that's been wonderful, especially in the last five years. Yes, absolutely. So, the whole think- CW network is in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. It's awesome. I, I just um for my own like feeling of uh like expansion and feeling like I'm really getting out there, I, I do feel I want to explore the, the US market okay. a bit more. Where are you currently in Canada? Toronto. Toronto, of course. Yeah. Toronto, uh, you pronounced your T's. <laughs> well done. <laughs> 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 Something clearly I need to uh, work, work on the next time I visit. <laughs> Here we're just like Toronto. <laughs> like Toronto. Okay. Very, very cool. <laughs> awesome. Wow. Uh, Tineal, thank you so much um, for talking with us here on Below the Belt Show. Um, lots of success with um, Surreal Estate. And uh, again, I joined the show. I know Vanessa, you tuned in. It, it's just a, it's a great show and it's a unique twist. I mean, it's like Ghostbusters meets the Property Brothers. You know, it's, uh, it's unique. It's funny. Um, and if you love, you know, the actors from Shit's Creek, you'll love this show. If you love horror, you know, I think it has all those great elements and uh, it's a lot of fun. It really is a lot of fun. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I know yeah. I'm a little bit biased, but it's one of those shows <laughs> that like not only does like jump scares and you know horrific screaming as that genre lends to but yeah it has so much heart and humor and then it that to me is like yeah worth its weight in gold <laughs> awesome and you'll be um on set I, i'm assuming for working moms coming up in season six yeah well we'll see 
We'll see. Okay, we'll see. one of those things you can't talk about just I quite yet. I can't talk about it. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to have to tune in. Interesting, you're a, the love interest. <laughs> of Juno's Frankie and this one, then you're the love interest of Tim Rosen's Luke in the you know, one show. And one's a woman and one's a guy. So it's kind of like you have both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have both. Expanding my market. <laughs> yeah. Expanding your market. Hey, why not? Right. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. All right. Awesome. Well, Tanil, if uh, you could, before you let you go, uh, do a little promo lesson, who you are, throw out a plug for, um, yeah, you can throw a plug for us real estate or, you know, or, you know, working moms or whatever you want. And let us know you're on Below the Belt. Yeah, I thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And, and yeah, everyone check out the season finale happening this Friday at 10 p.m. Um, on Sci-Fi Channel in the U.S. and uh, at City TV Sci-Fi here in Canada. It's it's been a wonderful ride. and. Um, we also live tweet with the fans, the cast and the fans live tweet. Oh, wow. So, yeah. oh, that's so Twitter. Cool. Oh, but Tanil, so. what I had in mind is like, let us know who you are. I'm Tanil. Yeah. Like know. introduce yourself in the introduce beginning. Introduce yourself, like a, your character like on Real Estate, and I'm on Below the Belt show. Make sure you check out. That's where I had in mind more. More. So. Oh, I see. Like a station ID. Like it was so good though. <laughs> it was great. All wrong. Oh my gosh. Can that's okay. No, no, no. no. <laughs> My bad. We're not what do you okay? Either. What do you need from me? <laughs> Hi, I'm a Tennille, a Reed, uh, you know, or hopefully I was pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> and uh, your character and I play Megan on Sci-Fi's Real Estate. Check it out every Friday. I'm on Below the Vulture right now. You can say whatever you want at the end. Um, yeah, simple like that. Got it. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tennille Reed. I play Megan Donovan on the show Surreal Estate. Uh, you can tune in Fridays. Uh, this Friday is our season finale at 10 p.m. on Sci-Fi or City or CTV Sci-Fi in Canada. Um, and if you're an avid Twitter user, you can also join us for live tweeting happening at the same time. Fantastic. And one more thing to add: let us know you're on Below the Belt show. Oh my gosh! Of course. And uh, here I am on Below the Belt show. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Chas, can you do the snapshot? Uh, yeah. All right. Honest. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> awesome. All right. Awesome. Great. You're lovely, Tinel. Thank you so much. And thank you to PR Machine. Rachel Grace, Mike Leota, um, those guys are awesome. Very, very awesome. Um, they're the best. They are the absolute best. We also rep your co-star, Adam Corson. Yeah. Father Phil Orley, so that's good to know. Good to know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Did you see Mike at Met Gala, Tanil? I I didn't. I okay. didn't. I have to go now. And <laughs> go to social media. What yeah. was he wearing? He was, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he was hanging out with Regina King, of course. But uh, uh, yeah, he was, he was. Yeah, it was. It was good seeing him. Was live vicariously through your publicist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing good things. I'm thrilled to hear that. <laughs> yeah, awesome. You know, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having yeah. me, everyone. Thank nice you. chatting with you. Right. You're yeah. awesome. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Lovely and talented, Tennille. Yeah, she's... Uh,
There she goes. <laughs> <laughs> she was fantastic. She was yeah, yeah so good. Yeah, uh, there are certain there are certain bra- yeah, there are certain guests that like bring a lot of energy, and then there are certain other ones that like just bring this like sense of grace. And like grace I know and class, right? Grace yeah. and class. And I, I yes. think she fell, she fell into the uh, the the second category there. Right, right. That's good. I like that. Yeah. That's good. All right, just a couple more things, and we'll wrap up tonight's show, guys. Um, <laughs> all right, so also in New York was the VMAs. Madonna, can you believe uh, Chachi opened up? She has a 40-year career. Madonna has a 40-year career as a queen of pop, celebrating the net network's four decades-long anniversary. Did you know it's the 40th anniversary of MTV? I didn't know. Did MTV actually admit it? Yeah, I mean, I think that just just uh, having a Madonna as that iconic performance, you know? It's been a while where they would just, like, not admit, like, their anniversaries. You know, like, the last thing I remember that MTV did really cool for an anniversary was during their 20th anniversary. Every night they they had, like, a block of, like, two or three hours. This is, I guess this is on MTV2 when that used to play videos. Oh, wow, MTV2. And, like, uh, every night they had, like, they went through 20 nights where they would play nothing but videos from whatever year it was, going from okay. 1980. Oh, awesome. Yeah, and I thought that was really cool. That was that was fun to watch. Yeah. Is MTV2 still around? I don't. I have no idea. No, it's not around. Sadly, no. it was called M2 when it first came out. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. M2, and that was the only place to see like the commercial ooh. that would say like M not M2. Yeah. yeah, and that was the only place to see like cool like you know alternative and indie videos like in the indie early two thousand. Yeah, yeah, but Madonna was promoting her concert film Madame X, which will be able uh, able to stream on Paramount Plus. So did she sing? Don't say it like that's a surprise thing. And like, I feel happy for you. Okay. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I mean, it's put that Madonna. I'm surprised they had her. But like, normally it's just like. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, yeah, she took over Times Square with LED billboards playing her most loved music videos, like A Prayer of Vogue. Um, and then on stage, um, she um, was wearing. A kudo crop jacket, latex bra, and latex corset, I guess similar to what she wore back in the day, um, and then dropped the trailer. So I guess technically, I guess she did not perform. She just showed us the some footage from the upcoming Madame X. So it's kind of like a video montage. Have you guys seen how Madonna looks? Yeah, she she still looks amazing. She looks like a thirteen year old. If you go on her Instagram, oh my god, really? It, there's no way it's filters. There's video of her. She is. Well, she's like, had work. She's had work done, and I think she she, she must have had an ungodly amount of work done. Like, but, but it yeah. doesn't look like you know. I'm. I'm, it looks I'm good. I mean, like you know, I'm looking at a picture of it now, uh, where she's wearing like almost looks like this like kind of leather maid outfit. I guess yeah. that's the best way to describe. Yeah, yeah. There's a picture of her with her ass. Um, yeah. And she looks great. I, yeah. I mean, she does. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, th- this has to be like heavily touched up, I would think, because she's 63 years old. She's 63. Yeah. She's, she's almost a senior great. citizen, guys. In the uh, she, she, is so she looks just as good. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, 63 is like retirement age for my company, and yeah. like, uh, you know, that's um, 
so that's right. yeah so so technically in, in your in your eyes she is one um but uh at the vmas artist of the year justin bieber wow of the year um, of the year yeah uh video of the year billy eilish your power video for good whatever that means um who knows song of the year olivia rodrigo driver's license which ali dash reminded me that she is representing the filipinos so yeah got it cool. i like that song i think that's a good driver's one. license is I, a it's a pretty dope song, song isn't it yeah yeah I, I like olivia rodrigo's music i'm not ashamed yeah. of it <laughs> well, video, yeah, video, yeah, and she's got that pop punk song too. Yeah, the one "Good for You." Yeah. Good for you, yeah. That's a fun song. I actually thought it was Paramore, Paramore when I first heard heard it because it's very similar. Um, but video of the year, so I guess video for good is kind of like a video for a cause, you know? Because yeah, that's what I think it's all about. Because MTV, yeah, yeah. But the video of the year is Lil Nas X, Montero, "Call Me by Your Name." But uh, Olivia did also win the Best New Artist, the coveted Best New Artist um, award. And there's a little scuffle on the red carpet for the VMAs between Machine Gun Kelly and Conor McGregor from UFC. Yeah. So apparently, um, yeah, so apparently they had to get pulled apart. Um, McGregor tried to hurl a drink at Machine Gun Kelly. He had a red suit. And of course, Megan Fox had that, what you said, Vanessa, the see through. Yeah, uh, naked dress. Pretty hot, I gotta admit, but yeah. uh, I guess it wasn't really clear what uh, how the that altercation. But basically, McGregor was trying to approach MGK, and apparently, he was stopped by Machine Gun Kelly's security. He just wanted to say hello, and then Machine Gun snarled at McGregor. And then uh, I guess he's still using a cane because of his recent broken leg from his last UFC fight. He apparently um, was walking with that cane, fell back, dropped his cane. You know, because I don't know, may- maybe maybe he's a match now for Machine Gun Kelly because he's injured. Oh my god, he had to kill. I mean, even with a even with a broken, broken ankle, leg, he had to kill Machine Gun he Kelly. Kill, oh my god. He was kill Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> Yeah, he could he could be dead for two months and still kill um, Machine Gun. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right. okay, uh, so that's wait, like eighty pounds, Machine Gun. Yeah. All right. Um, just wrap it up here. Not too much on the cancel culture Me Too news as as usually we do have a lot of that. But uh, Allison Mack, you know, she was the um, Smallville actress that was in that Nexium sex cult. So she started her three-year prison sentence for racketeering and conspiracy related to her involvement in Nexium. I really liked her on Smallville. Too. It's a shame, you know, she was so like smiley and squeaky yeah, clean and, on and that show. Out, it and turns she's, like, out the madam like of a this, sex cult. Yeah, she's like this evil psychopath in real life. And Isn't that crazy. <laughs> and it was it was so oh, it's just so jarring to see because she was so. Yeah, she was so like perky and fun on Smallville. That's why it makes it just shocking to believe that yeah. she would brand someone, a woman with her initials, like at their pelvis. You know, her and, and Renier, who, who yeah. ran that crazy thing. Um, also, not really cancel culture, but controversy is the CBS upcoming reality show called The Activist. Have you heard about it? So it's yeah. basically six I've activists compete against each other to draw social media attention. 
to various causes and are judged by celebrities, including Usher, Priyanka Chopras Jonas, and Julianne Huff from Dance with the Stars. Um, now, apparently, the first controversy is that Julianne Huff was notoriously um, using blackface back in 2013 when she portrayed Crazy Eyes from Orange is the New Black. Um, oh, for Halloween? For a Halloween party. Okay. And basically said she is probably not the best, best person to judge a group of progressive activists. Well, the whole point of it is, like, basically these, you know, because they're all, mm-hmm. like, you know, the people who are competing, I mean, they're all competing for worthy causes, but they are. It's like, it's like, it kind of cheapens everything. That's, when it becomes that's what they're saying. It's misguided. They're saying critics have slammed the show for being perf- performative. Yeah. That's performative. the right word. That's the word I used to. Yeah. yeah. Performative. So it's kind of like sensationalizing the activism, I guess. But not even not even that. It's kind of like, you know, it's turning like, you know, doing like good work into like being these like dancing monkeys that are um, like. Right. Each other. So, yeah, 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 it's supposed to drop October 22nd. So especially yeah. with 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 uh, with judges like Usher and <laughs> Julianne Huff and um, who was the last one? I don't. Who was the other one? Yeah. The third judge is uh, Priyanka Chopper's Jonas. That's uh, Jonas, uh, I think Joe Jonas's uh, wife, Priyanka. Okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, presumably the three of them maybe do good work. Like, uh, yeah. Not, but it's like, uh, it just, everything about this seems like almost like dystopian. Like, you know, yeah. where like. Um, she actually, Julianne actually responded. She said, I, I heard you say the show was performative promoted pseudo pseudo activism over real activism tone deaf like black mirror the hunger games oh my god that's exactly what you said general dystopian Mm -hmm. and that the hosts aren't qualified to assess activism because they were celebrities and not activists okay that's yeah yeah so so she's exactly saying the things that i I just and she said i heard you say there was hypocrisy in the show because at the root of all the activism is a fight against capitalism the trauma that it causes so many people (laughs) <laughs> okay, so she's agreeing with some part. Um, I also heard that you're trying to value one cause over another. It felt like the oppression Olympics. Okay, um, where you know where people have been disrespected, activists have been killed, assaulted, etc. I do not claim to be an activist. Wholeheartedly agree that the judging aspect of the show missed the mark. And furthermore, I am not qualified to act as a judge. On top of this, many people are, are becoming aware I wore blackface in 2013. Um, I'd, I'd rather watch um, General. Sports. I'd rather watch General have sex than watch that show. If I'm being oh honest. wow! Okay. Yeah. It sounds horrible. <laughs> it sounds horrible. Probably. I mean, the concepts. I love the concept, but I definitely. I mean, I haven't seen any promo stuff or anything. It's been I think yeah, putting issues out on a large platform which is exactly what they Reality need show one, yeah. one that, that's that's the one thing that could be good about it but then yeah. they shouldn't have to compete for the uh, and there's plenty of money to go around on this show and it's yeah it's also implying are, one activism you know yeah. causes better than another i yeah. mean or more important you know those i mean they have to to make it interesting or else there's no point to having the show so hopefully they can change it where that isn't the message 
Mm-hmm. And they get yep. better judges. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, uh, but before we get into the ending uh, part of the show, give a shout out to Big E, WWE superstar who won the WWE Championship, cast in his Money in the Bank briefcase in the match with uh, Randy Orton. Randy Orton, who was challenging Bobby Lashley for the title. And after um, Bobby Lashley won that match, um, Biggie successfully cashed in and defeated Bobby Lashley for the title. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much all I have for WWE stuff. <laughs> oh, but we do have that. some well wishes for Triple H. Triple H actually has uh, uh, been sidelined with um, a cardiac event, which he is expected to to. Reach a full recovery, thank God. But it was a oh little bit gosh. of a health scare. Yeah, you remember Triple H, Vanessa, right? Yeah. yeah. Was it a heart attack? It was a card. They're calling it a cardiac event. Is Damn. that technically? Um... It's not. It's not necessarily a heart attack. Okay. But it could be. I mean, the genetic that heart range. issue. There yeah, that could that could saying. range in that could range in a number of different things and scenario and severities. Mm-hmm. So. You know, the fact that they're very, very specific with their words and keeping it really vague either makes me think that it was much worse than they want people to know <laughs> or right. or it was nothing and they want to get published. Yeah. So well wishes go out to Triple H for that. Also, uh, well wishes go out to Jeff Bridges. He did share that he his lymphoma is in uh, remission, but oh, he God. had a recent brutal battle with COVID-19 on top Damn. of... Getting COVID while going through chemotherapy must have been absolutely yes. Oh God, yeah. Him and his wife both contracted COVID nineteen. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know, Al, you and Chachi both had some pretty nasty. Like, you both had really nasty bouts of COVID, and I've been lucky enough that I I never got it. But um, the um, I mean, I just can't even imagine like knowing what I know. I mean, secondhand, of course, uh, mm-hmm. about what chemotherapy is like. <laughs> the, um, geez, combining those two together must have been uh, oh, horrible. I can't imagine. Horrible, horrible to yeah. go through. So, well, we should well, the dude. Please. He had remission, but his cancer's in remission. And the focus on Okay. That is positive news. But we do have some recipe sad news. Uh, guys, we lost Norm McDonald, guys. Yeah. 61 years old. He had a private battle with cancer for nine years, very similar to Chadwick Boseman. Both actors kept the uh, the cancer on the wraps. He mm-hmm. was known for his run on SNL from 93 to 98, uh, the anchor of the Weekend Update. Um, that also was during the O.J. Simpson trial, the Clinton Lewinsky scandal. Yeah, um, he got in trouble um, with the network for, I think the head of the network of NBC was personal friends with O.J. Simpson, and he wanted Norm to stop doing O.J. jokes during the uh-huh. trial. But then Norm oh, God, really? Yeah, and Norm ended up... Um, he ended up were they fired. jokes leaning towards O.J. being the killer? Oh, yeah. Of yeah. course yeah, they of course. were. <laughs> One of his the best jokes ever was about how O.J. He said that O.J. Simpson... Um, well, he, he applied it to, I mean, I, I saw it applied to Norm MacDonald's cancer, but he, he'd actually used this joke before where saying, like, cancer claim, cancer denies killing him and will look for the real killers. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, he was definitely smokes. the funniest um, news anchor, I thought. 
on Saturday Night Live because he would just say whatever he wanted to, and he yeah. didn't pull any kind of punches. Or the 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 other one about like I guess I don't know who was like you know announcing Kenny G was putting out a Christmas album, and he basically said. Um, happy birthday jesus hope you like crap yes yes. (laughs) he always had those recalling jokes about um frank stallone and then of course Mm -hmm. like a great character um playing burt reynolds on the um Uh celebrity um jeopardy on on snl um but yeah just one of the funniest comics um around and like all the other comics would go see his shows because you know they respected his comedy so much. You know, he was probably even more popular with other comics than he was with um, the general public. Mm-hmm. And and I remember growing up, my brother and I really liked his movie, um, Dirty Work, where um, in the movie, like um, people would hire him to like do like different things to try to screw people over. And there was one scene where like um, he like um, there's some live commercial that somebody they're trying to get back and like they put all these actresses in the trunks of cars and like during the um the live filming of the commercial you know most commercials are filmed live i guess i don't know and then um he started opening up the trunks normally talent walked out on the screen and said hey look a dead hooker a dead hooker and it's like all these trunks are filled with dead hookers <laughs> for whatever reason my brother really liked that scene and thought it was really funny <laughs> and we went to see um, i don't know if you guys have ever been to um Nags Head, where they had the Lost Colony. It's like an outdoor play about the, um, you know, Lost yeah. um, Settlers. Well, right. we were, um, when I was young, we were sitting there with, with um, our parents getting ready to watch the um, Lost Colony, and, you know, and we're waiting for it to start. And it's kind of like um, rumblings with people talking around us and stuff. And for whatever reason, my brother felt the need to like stand up, point to the um, ground where they're going to have the outdoor play. And he just says out loud, hey, look, a dead hooker. But right when he said it, it was, it was kind of loud before then. Right when he said it, all of a sudden they got real quiet. And oh, so, my God. Like, he said it. At how old? At how old? It was probably like around 15 at the time, I oh think. My God. Oh, my everybody, God. Everybody in the stands just looks to the ground where he's pointing to see, you know, this dead hooker. <laughs> and all I do, I look over, I see my dad. And my dad just gave me the most dirty look. Like, I don't know if you remember on um, Wonder Years when um, – Kevin Arnold's father would give Kevin Arnold the, the stare of death and look yeah. at him. It was like, yeah. yeah, he thought I put my brother up to it to say it, but I had no idea he was going to say it. So I'm <laughs> looking at him. He just gave me the dirty look. And my brother's one that, that mentioned the, the dead hooker. So, um, oh my gosh, it's definitely, I, I was, I was just laughing until my dad like was going to kill me, but it wasn't my fault. But uh, yeah, Norm McDonald, actually, like, but you met Norm. I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, probably like five years back um yeah but he's always a super nice guy like i I listen to his um his stand-up um and his talk show a lot on youtube like in the past um, years and like he's always this one that could crack me up you know even like what a sad loss you know like the celebrity roast of bob saget because him and bob saget were um close friends and bob saget directed um dirty work but he purposely went out there in like this bomb and started reading like Mm -hmm. jokes from like the 1940s and he spent like 15 minutes just reading these um, jokes and just bombing on purpose. And like the audience was, was barely laughing at the time, but the comedians that were on stage were just cracking up because they knew that Norm was doing it on purpose just to make them laugh. So he was mm-hmm. definitely a, a comics comic. So um, yeah, I saw they posted online. I mean, posted on Facebook that somebody posted that he died. I'm like, well, that can't be right. Norm McDonald. It must be one yeah, six sixty one. And then I saw that it was real. But I mean, imagine keeping cancer a secret from like. 
almost everybody. An interesting why some actors would want to keep that a secret. You think that would affect their career, maybe? Chad well, I heard, I heard he didn't want people to like look at him a certain way. Like he wanted just to be known for like his comedy and stuff, and then want people, I guess, to feel sad for him or whatever. So that's why he just kept it under wraps for all those years. Yeah, Chadwick didn't have much um, uh, of a, a tenure. Years, yeah, right. I think he only had it for like a couple of years, maybe. I don't know. Definitely less than nine years. Um, that's for yeah, sure. yeah. I thought it was a couple of years for Chadwick. A couple but, of years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, both, 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 very, very tragic. Um, but he was really well loved in in um, in the entertainment world, um, from Seth Meyers to to just many, many people. Oh yeah. Right? A lot of SNL. Um, yeah, like after getting fired from Saturday Night Live, he actually was invited back years later to host it. Ah, uh, yes. I've seen this of, right here, yeah. Yeah, he made fun of um, Saturday Night Live. He's like, he's like, yeah, I got, I got, you know, they fired me for not being funny, and now they um, welcome me back to host it, and like, I don't know what, um, you know, either I became really funny the last few years, or the show really sucks now. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. Like that, but yeah. the, reason, the reason why he was shockingly fired from the show, because NBC exec Don Olmeyer was a friend of... OJ. Okay. Yeah. 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 That is. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. That's that crazy. Is, that. He's like one of the original cancel cultures. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So. <laughs> Definitely so. Guys, we also lost Ben Best, actor and screenwriter, co-creator of Eastbound and Down. Oh, that wow. died at the age of 46. Crazy. Uh, he created the series with Danny McBride, Jody Hill. Wrote the first three episodes. Um, he also had roles in Superbad. What happens in Vegas? And many other roles as well. So rest in I mean, peace. Super bad. Best. What was he in Super Bad? I don't know. Yeah. This is some of his credits. What was his name? Ben Best. Ben Best. Ben Best. Oh, he was Crazy. he was probably like in his like early thirties when Super Bad came out. So maybe at the party. Yeah, he could have had like one of those like day player roles. Is that what it's saying? Party scene. I'm looking at it now. Um... Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks like it looks like it was a party scene. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The day he he died uh, right before his birth the, his birthday. Oh um, man. Isn't that crazy, man? We were just talking about last week uh, news about um, a comedian and Kate Quigley who survived an OD, or three other comedians at a party ingested cocaine laced with fentanyl they died and she survived she's got to be going through a really rough time we talked about on the show last week on btv's show last week but uh, still she had a um a statement um and that that she is still not okay and that she's obviously gonna have to look at life a different way now you know um wow kind of crazy um okay but with uh, death we celebrate life of course um um, and life-changing experiences includes Britney Spears, who's engaged to Sam Agsari, and uh, I know Miss um, LST Morgan Fab loves Britney Spears to death, but somehow we have lost her uh, in the virtual room. So I'm sure Br- Britney Spears. Uh, sorry, I'm sure Morgan Fab may be happy for Britney Spears. Uh, one of my yeah, favorites. Yeah, Britney Spears meet anybody? Isn't she kind of like? basically under and, house arrest yeah she's kind of like under conservatorship of her dad yeah, yeah. and, and controlled she's still, and somehow <laughs> go out and meet somebody right i mean she's she's posting all those really risque booty shots you know yeah that could be it that could help 
Um, so uh, my chance to ask Lily Collins on date is now uh, not going to be happening because Lily and Charlie McDowell had gotten married. Um, Malcolm McDowell's uh, Charlie's dad, legendary actor, and Mary Steen Virgin is his mother. Uh, I just realized that Charlie's actually a director. Um, but yes, Lily and uh, Charlie just got married. Um, so congratulations to Miss Emily in Paris. Um, Take a look at them now. Take a look at them now. A little uh, Phil Collins joke there, I see. Yep. Um, and I did watch Elmy in Paris, yes, I admit. It, it was it was a fun fun show. <laughs> um, and Celebrity Birthdays Today includes uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Sorry, not Tommy Lee from Molly Cooper. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones, <laughs> 75 today. Oliver Stone, also 75, the director extraordinaire. I thought Tommy Lee Jones would have been older than that. Same age, yeah, as Dolphin Stone. Yeah. I thought he was 75 back in Batman. That's what I thought, right? <laughs> <laughs> Josh Charles is 50. He's uh, Koki's buddy, our, the late great Koki on our show. Josh Charles is in the new Baltimore series, We Own This City. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of our friends have auditioned. A few of our friends have booked roles in that. Congratulations, congratulations to Lion Beckwith and Trey Chaney, to name a few people that have booked principal roles on that. Um, Tom Hardy. That's right. Uh, Bane himself is 44. <laughs> Birthday, Tom Hardy. So, do you think of him more as Bane or more as Mad Max or more as Venom? All three. Okay. Yeah, I should I should have mentioned those other three. Uh, Marissa Ramirez from Blue Buds is 44. Even Annabelle from Brothers and Sisters is 42. Um, Amy Davidson from Eight Simple Rules is 42, and Heidi Montag from The Hills is 35. <laughs> Happy birthday to uh, those uh, ta- uh, celebrities. And, of course, um, yeah, um, this has been uh, a great show, I guess, is a belated media show for myself. Um, we lost Morgan Fab, <laughs> Miss LST, uh, some, at some point. But we'd like to thank Morgan Fab and like to thank, of course, Chris and Michelle uh, for joining us at the early part of the program. Um, let's thank the rest of the panel. Extraordinary panel. Miss Snortles herself. Miss Triple Dubs. <laughs> Miss YouTube you. sensation. Actress, singer, performer, content creator, Vanessa Meadows. Thank you so much thank for joining you. us. Yeah, we happy birthday. I meant to say Thanks. that morning and I forgot, but Aww. yeah, happy I'm glad that I was here to help celebrate with you. Oh, thanks, Vanessa. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Mm-hmm. Put a smile on my face that I'm dealing with homeowner bullshit. Oh, I, deal with oh, I hear oh. you. I hear you. Yeah. I'm so sad. I got a few That's things that I've destroyed. And, uh, yeah, I'm so uh, sorry. Did it flood uh, the, the bathroom or? The bathroom to the living room and the, yeah. Uh, I had some collectible books that were on the floor that got oh, so. No. Uh, oh, no. I think my furniture when, will be okay. Um, oh, when did this happen? It ha- the, the, I just you, found... you just got um, General's um, attention. We said collectible books being destroyed. Yeah, I know. Graphic novels. I had some comic books, or something. They were far enough that they didn't. Um, but I got so, there was one. Uh, yeah, some of the ones that. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Um, I think my furniture, my furniture, my TV stand, and coffee table will be fine. It's just some of the. How did the how did the how did the flooding happen? Have you found out? It, it was just a pipe pipe of the you know the uh, pipe that connects the toilet. Oh, 
Oh, it burst and went up. Uh... It burst and yeah, and I wasn't home. Oh. Did you find out when you got home, or did you, someone? As soon call as I got you? home, oh, my neighbor you... didn't. My neighbor didn't hear anything. Never informed me, and uh, found yeah. out the hard way how to call an emergency plumber. Oh. Um. There. Yeah, I met my parents. They are. Um. They got to do the water mitigation, the fans, and I had booked a trip for New York for my birthday, and I, I was like, oh, you know. That's just really kind. He's gonna just go back and forth yeah. for me, because I would have lost money on the trip. You know, it's like, well, yeah. you know, I, this is already planned for me, you know, to go. You know, and uh, yeah. it kind were of all your, um, were all your playgirls okay? What are that? What's that? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're making a gay joke, but uh, no, no. So these are um, um, a lot of the graphic novels, like some of my favorite artists, in general. You know, Michael Turner. Yeah, oh, one Scott oh, Campbell. Scott Campbell. Yeah, the the graphic novels were sitting in an area close. Oh God. Anyways, it sucks, guys. That's what homeowners insurance is for, guys. But um, closing out tonight's interview, uh, to, closing out with an interview that myself, Vanessa, Chris, and Michelle earlier conducted. We're all Big Brother super fans. Chachi, you are a former Big Brother fan. You're no longer watching. Nah, I've watched in a while. But uh, again, Vanessa, big dick, right? What a character. <laughs> Big Dick was great. I'm oh, sorry, Big Dick. Sorry. I'm so happy. <laughs> Evil Dick. I called him Big Dick. Oh, I was God. like, He's I was like, so Vanessa, role. Big Dick, huh? Refreshing <laughs> way to start the show. Like, I bet. Oh my God, can't see Big Dick instead of Evil Dick. Yeah, someone was saying they don't know what Playgirl is. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, Evil Dick. I mean, he's always great. Like, we don't even need to be there. Just turn the camera on for him. He'll talk the whole time. But he's amazing. He's so knowledgeable, super passionate. It, yeah, I mean, it's always it's always fun. All right. Yeah. Well, Evil Dick always has a lot, <laughs> a lot of controversy. Very colorful language. He yeah. really hits below the belts. He gives us an update on Danielle, his daughter, and a very interesting family story. Yeah. We won't mention here, but you're gonna listen to the interview and cool. hear him talk about it. So we're yeah. gonna end tonight. With that interview, so guys, on behalf of Chachi McFly, yeah, happy birthday! Thank you, Mike the General Zod. Happy birthday, Vanessa Meadows. Happy birthday! Of course, Kristen <laughs> Michelle and Morgan. Not sure what ha- happened to the Breaker of Chains, the Mother of Dragons, but guys, uh, we will uh, see you guys next week. And until then, here's the interview with Evil Dick, closing out tonight's show. We'll see you next week. Peace out. Good, be good to each other. Until then, peace. Peace. CBS All right, guys, special interview time. We had to have him back because he killed it last year when we were talking about Big Brother last season. Appropriately enough, 
joining us on a special interview on Below the Belt Show, Evil Dick Donato, former BB winner and icon and legend in the game. Um, Evil, uh, good to have you back, man. Such a buildup, man. <laughs> I think you're worthy of that. You're a former winner. You're a two-time player. And the second time, you didn't leave on your own accord. So, or get voted no, out. You know, you know what I like more than more than just about anything. Anytime there's like a top ten of reality villains, I am always in whoever's list. And that is like that. that like that's a pretty cool claim to fame, right? Yeah. <laughs> So, of course, with that cool claim to fame, you, I'm sure you have opinions. I've seen your Twitter. You certainly have some opinions on the current uh, season 23 of Big Brother. Can you believe it's 23 seasons? My goodness. Wow. Dude, uh, how long have I been doing this with you? Like, I, I know we missed like a couple years in between, but like probably since I won, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, it's, like, so we've been talking, like, I think we missed a few years in between, but I think like more or less, for like 14 years now. How ridiculous is that? It's insane. It's insane, Evil. And of Dude, course, I always... was watching. I swear to God, when Big Brother, when Big Brother came out, and they were like doing the promos, and like uh, you've seen it on TV, and it was like, unlike, there was a show unlike anything else, and it was already a big hit in Europe. So it was like, there's a show that you can like literally. They're locked in a house. You can go online and watch them, like anytime you want, twenty four hours a day. Like that, like that shit was crazy. Like think <laughs> of it, that was like twenty one years ago. Like there was nothing like that. Like it was so ahead of its time. Wasn't and, it? Um, the problem is, is it hasn't changed. <laughs> like they, <laughs> no, really. I mean, it was like so cool then, but like they, I don't know. There's like they, they should be. I don't know, trying to do something like a little more innovative. Here we are, like, you know, 20 something years down the road. And, right. you know, it's the same kind of bullshit. So, um. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I guess you do have a point. I mean, the only season that was very different was the first season of Big Brother, the very first season where there was no voting out. It was just kind of like a real world. Um, but well, uh, it was, ever, it was the, yeah. the fans, it was the fans got rid of people. Um, it was all about the fan vote. And, what happened was all the all the fans oh i really like jane she's really nice well you had all of these really nice boring ass people at the end and the ratings like totally the ratings went from something like it was like astronomical like 20 or 25 million down to like i don't know two or three million at the end like like it like takes so hard so they totally like you know changed the whole like uh, kind of the concept around and like made it more of a competition uh, with competitions and things like that and um, you know it, it brought us to kind of like the started evolving into the show that we have now. Yep, yep. Well, one thing that is noticeably different um, this season is diversity. Um, so that's uh, I guess a new rule with CBS reality television going forward. 50% diversity um, is necessary in casting, which I think is great for representation. Um, how do you feel it's affected the game? Well, uh, let's give credit where credit is due. And it's not to CBS. It's to Big Brother Canada. Okay, Arissa, Arissa, um, Arissa Cox, the host 
uh, Big Brother Canada, um, during their, when COVID first started hitting, they were in the middle of, they were in the middle of the most fucked up season. People were quitting. People, it was just a disastrous mess that season. Um, it was like Big Brother Canada 8. Hey, whoever did this, like, thank you. I can finally see you guys. I had like little tiny doubts before. Uh, and who, whoever put me like in a, uh, in a schoolyard, wherever the hell I am. Anyhow. Um, Is the schoolyard gone? No, I'm, I'm in the middle of it. I see you guys. But what happened was through all of that shit and Black Lives Matters, Arista, who's black, um, right. the host of Big Brother Canada, <clears throat> they made her an executive producer. There was some shit went that went down on Big Brother Canada, and she threatened to quit. Um, so they really wanted her to stay. They made her an executive producer. She told them, "If if I'm gonna stay, and I'm you know, I don't just want this. I want this. I want this, and I want this. And part of it was fifty percent diversity, fifty percent minorities in the cast. <clears throat> now, Big Brother Canada has always been so much better." about diversity than big brother us like it doesn't even compare when right. have you ever heard of an indigenous person being cast on big brother or on survivor or i've never on even met an indigenous person anything? Yes. <laughs> right seriously like this is our goddamn country and they're not yeah. even they're not represented at all big yep. brother canada from the very beginning has had indigenous people on their show um at least like one or two every single season Anyhow, wow. so Arissa said, and she came out the next season, Big Brother Canada 9, and she said, uh, it's going to be 50%, at least 50% minorities. So I think that that kind of put the pressure on CBS. And then all of a sudden here, CBS is like, uh, we're from now on, we made the decision that we're going to, you know, all they did was like, you know, follow the lead from Big Brother Canada. But yeah. they're doing it, and they're doing it for Big Brother and for Survivor. Kristen, yeah. you had a comment? I hear they share some, like, casting crew or, or what have you with, within production. They used to. They, they used, used to, but uh, Big Brother U.S. fired Robin this last season. This is the first season in 20, I think she started casting in either one or two. Um, so, like, you know, 22, Big Brother of the top, you know, however many seasons the show's basically been on. This is the first season without Robin. You know, it's weird, too, because, like, they hired her to cast Love Island. And when they did, I was just like, <laughs> first off, like, I hated the fact that she would, like, she would cast four showmances. This isn't a, Big Brother's not a dating show, okay? Although it has very and, much a lot of success in dating. Yeah, well, if you watch the feeds, I don't know how successful you caught. Listen, if I want to <laughs> watch porn, I get, like, I find two people I want to see fucking. And I'll watch that. Not like two pigs in the house here that I don't want to see naked. It's just not my idea of a good time. Oh man! But, um, but like it scared me because like I'm like, and I knew what she was gonna do. Yeah. I'm like, she's just gonna cast like get a whole bunch of people. She's gonna do casting all at once for both shows and yeah. move people around, and that's exactly what she did. And it was like, um, uh, I wasn't happy with it. But I think the reason she got canned was because of. Um, she had a problem casting racists on this on the show. She just did. Uh, let's call it what it is. Big Brother Twenty One was really really bad. 
Big Brother 15 was really, really bad. Oh, um, yeah. Absolutely. Um, There's two. Yeah. So um, I think that like when they made the commitment to diversity, they're like, we can't really do it with her at the at the helm of this. So they um, just gave her the boot. But uh, I thought they were going to give her the boot in Canada, too. Um, but they haven't. So she is still casting up there. Oh, wow. So what do you think of the cookout? I mean, uh, as an alliance, um, and of course, we're getting our first team, first ever in 23 seasons, we will have a black winner or a winner of African-American descent. What are your thoughts? It's it's long overdue. And, you know, it's like, I, I don't know, it's like CBS, Robin, whoever came up with the formula, because it was a formula. For all of those years. I mean, like, it got to a point where I was just like, okay, she's going to cast one black guy who's, you know, uh, a mama's boy and goes to church and played football in college. Um, mm-hmm. She's going to cast, like, a sassy black woman. Um, they're going to cast a gay guy with really bad fashion sense. Um, they're going to cast three meatheads to fuck. These three girls with, uh, you know, two uh, two blondes and a brunette. <laughs> it's just, and then there's going to be one older person, either a dude or a woman, in their like their forties. Uh, um, it was like just, it was just so predictable the casting. It, I used to say it's the same cast with different faces. Is all it, it was. Wow. It was. You know, there's um, always was, one girl with a very mousy voice in every season. Yeah, always with an annoying. <laughs> It's been going on since, like, I'm trying to think. I know Sarah all the way back season. season five right. with Holly. And I really like Holly. Don't get me wrong. Right. And like, Holly, like, she's the one that, like, gave her mannequin, like, a name. And, like, what, like, talk, like her mannequin was talking back to her at home. Um, but uh, she had a very annoying voice. And just, like, uh, and Jessica on my scene, almost every single season. I don't know why. But, like, this must be, like, a prerequisite we have to have a block well and i ran into one of the casting guys in vegas one time i was at okay. the hard one and it was like oh god it was like so so close to casting like i when i ran into i ran into him like at the pool um remember when they did rehab out at hard rock yeah like, uh, i've been hard, yeah sundays it was like yeah, shit. And, yeah, it was fun. Uh, and like I ran into, I ran into one of the casting guys. I won't say which one, but I ran into him out there, and he's like, I'm "Like, what the hell are you doing there?" He's like, "Casting." I'm like, I-, "I thought that they were already locked up, like for the show. It was so close." He's like, right. "No, no, Tuesday." So it's like two days before, and I'm like, "Well, what are you doing here?" He's like, "I need a hot little blonde," and like that's that's how they cast. They cast with they they used to anyhow with a whiteboard. Thing I need like these are the types. This is what always has made me mad about her casting was instead of going out and finding the most intriguing, interesting, right. um, you know, compelling Characters. personalities, yeah. right. you're like looking for these people that you already have in your mind. It's like bullshit. You know, what about somebody that like this is why it took me three years to get on the show because I didn't fit into any one of those squares. Right. You know. And there's like a number of other people. And I know that she's like had to have missed a bunch of really good castings because they don't fit. I, I fit into my. My stereotype was before me, every single older dude was the father figure of the house. <laughs> right. And that's not me. 
And that is like wasn't me 15 years ago. Well, Her technically, you're literally, you're the father of Danielle. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I didn't like I, I didn't look like the people that they cast before me in that right. of course. in that spot. I mean, those dudes were all like wearing khaki shorts and like black socks. And, yeah, you know what I'm saying? They just like you pull those shirts and here I come with like black and red hair and all these piercings and yeah. and fuck this and fuck that and you know. <laughs> And it's just like they didn't know what to make of me. They didn't know what, to, and it's like, well, we like this guy, but I don't know where is he going to fit in. Right. So uh, the last season, season eight, I told them, I said, um, um, I go, this is it. Bethany, Bethany's one of the the higher ups in casting, and she was the first one I saw, like when they call me back again. And I go, this is it. She goes, third time's a charm. I go, or oh, three strikes and you're out. I go, either cast me or fuck off because I'm never doing this again. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm being very, very serious. If you guys don't put me on the show, lose my number. It's really like what, what people don't understand, what you guys hear, I'm sure you don't understand. It's a long, drawn-out casting process. It's three months long. You're supposedly not allowed to tell anyone. And I've gotten all the way to the finals, like to the very, like they keep me like hanging to like, literally like a week before the show starts you don't know if you're going to be on or not so i have to i had to pay my rent my electricity my car payment right. my cable my phone my this my that for for three fucking months and it's like i wasn't like rolling in dough like i i was like like getting by i had to borrow money to like pay my rent and shit for right. like three months in advance um for for like the third year and i'm like oh, i'm fucking doing this would you say casting's a lot better this season i mean you mentioned the the lack of characters what do you think of all the characters in the current season everybody's very nice everybody's really nice but that's kind of a problem okay. because it's been like kind of kumbaya from the beginning mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. you haven't seen any real conflict there was no like real fights or anything like the it's true i don't know the thing that um it's a nice guy cast, right? It's it's very. They all get along. It's like you know, I don't know. Derek Derek Frazier. I was rooting for Derek Frazier from the beginning, but I don't know. I have a hard time rooting for him. He's such a dick. Um, <laughs> Is it the way you pronounce? Uh, I I vote to a vote or something of the. Oh, I I sadly vote to. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> he changed it last week, though. He did. He still didn't he fix it, right, but he removed one of the words. So it yeah, he, yeah, he was actually good for both evictions. But I like had fake T-shirts made up, and I posted online and said, "Buy your new, buy your I vote, I vote to evict or whatever." If I can put up, uh, you know. And then like whoever's running Derek's Twitter was like, "Hey, we want a piece of that." There was a few of them I was rooting for this season, and I don't normally do that. I normally like wait and see what I think of people, but I always, but I always every season I'll root for the older person because I know what yeah. it's like in that spot. That would and, be Tiffany. That would be Tiffany. And, season, right? and I was rooting for Tiffany from the beginning. Tiffany, Good. I was rooting for former Frenchie. But that like burned out in like two days. I'm like, oh Jesus, guys, oh, like insane. He was uh, all over the place. So. But let me tell you something. I wish he wouldn't have went. It really got boring. Like the season got boring as shit. At least he got us something. We had two weeks of like excitement where people were like couldn't stop talking about 
this guy's out of his motherfucking mind. Like, he's just crazy. Like, what is going to – he, like, changed his mind 50 times. He was counting. Like, he was. I feel like, though, because of him, and I've said this to Nick, my husband, because he feels very passionately about the season also, and I feel like if it weren't for Frenchie, the cast would look a lot different where it is now. Like, I think he set the standard for mixing up who gets voted out. And I think if he hadn't done what he did, even though it got him kicked out and his mouth got him kicked out, right. I think the cast would look reminiscent of previous years where there's the jocks that are usually in charge. There's, you know, the smart one that's still there lingering in and floating around and stuff. So I'm actually really thankful for what he did. Like we were voting for him, rooting for him in the beginning also. And then it got really uncomfortable, but, um, like, and I think a lot of the reasons why people are so nice is because they've learned that if you're not nice, there will be backlash. And because I've noticed that also watching the show, that it's not as exciting. I mean, I hated some of the bullying, obviously, in previous seasons, but I feel like one of the reasons that they're so nice isn't because they're necessarily super nice. They just know that if they're not nice on a global platform, it could potentially have some serious repercussions for them career-wise and stuff because everything is super black and white right now in terms of if you're a good person or not. Right, right. cancel culture and all that bullshit. Yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely affecting it. I think it's... Yeah, this is the first season in a long time that there's been no TMZ stories come out of Big Brother. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, yeah, how many times did JC on TMZ? Ice cream scoop and people's genitals and kissing Tyler's yeah. arm and all that weird shit. Is there any stuff crazy going on in live feeds? Kristen, you had mentioned that uh, Kai and Tiff are hooking up. There's some cuddling action okay. from, from what I understand. Yeah, I think uh, it's more than cuddling, but I, I think, <laughs> like, honestly, I think that, like, she liked him. I think that he'll fuck anybody. And I think he made that clear by, like, <laughs> isn't he, like, um, like uh, I'll fuck anybody sexual. Is it is that like a thing? Like what do they call it? He's pan. I don't think he's come out as pan, but I no. It's it's well, like he's Derek, he's, right? He's he's beyond pan. He's like oh. whatever he identifies as means I'll fuck anything that moves. Like seriously, I'm not like I'm I'm dead fucking serious. I don't know the right. word, but there's okay. I Listen, when I was like when I was growing up, and stuff, it, it was like. I just, my generation is like, we don't really care who you're having sex with. It does, yeah. oh, you're LGBT, QRST. Okay, that's cool. Right on. Do your thing. But now it's like so specific. Like, I only fuck by women on Sundays and Tuesdays. Like, there's a, there's like a name for that type of person. Um, oh. It's just kind of weird. There's too many. Uh, to me, it's there's there's too many. For a lot of things, yeah. It's like spin the wheel. Yeah. I don't need to know exactly who you want to fuck. It does not matter to me. So, uh, anyhow, back to this season. Um, the, the Alliance, the cookout, is one of, truly, it's one of, if not the best alliance that has ever played the game. It's worth what, they did, what, what Tiffany did, Tiffany took the strategy of the brigade from Big Brother 12. Okay, They added two more people. The brigade had four. And the strategy was each one of the four will go out and get one person as a side alliance, yes. but they're true to the four. Yep. And so their four becomes an eight. Well, this is a six. 
And so each person um, would make it a 12 and they just like dominated and ran through. The problem with these alliances is on the entertainment entertainment level for television, it's fucking boring as shit because nobody likes seeing a big alliance run through the house unopposed and just like run things. I, I, I want to see like what every, what every big brother, like true big brother fan wants to see is the house divided and power going back and forth. One week, yeah. uh, the butt lovers alliance is in power. The next week, the pussy lovers <laughs> alliance is in power. And then back and forth and back and they're which, evicting hey, each other. And Dick, which one were you in of, the, of those two groups? Uh, the pussy lovers alliance. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, I think Tiff is definitely giving me some serious Netta vibes when we're talking BB can, um, I think she's played a very smart game. Obviously, I think winning her second HOH kind of did her in ultimately, but um, she would have went anyway. That's, you know, that's bullshit because she would have went anyway. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. And those guys at the end of the season, those guys are going to lie because those guys, they were planning on getting rid of her like last week. Okay, and like they talked about it and they agreed to it. And they said if one of them won before they made the sixth, let's talk about that just for a second and we'll get back to this. The sixth thing. To me, it was like, you know, I just I put this out there on social media, I think just like yesterday. It was a very noble idea to let's make this alliance, let's make a black alliance, the six of us, and let's make it to the end. Let's make history and make it to the end. Very noble idea. Very noble. Like, um, it, I think they call it um, uh, the cause. Wait, is it the cause? I think. Am I, okay. I think it's the So <laughs> they call it the cause. And it's because of the history of Big Brother and discrimination and them only having one black house guest almost every single season up yeah. until I think. Big Brother 13. When I was in Big Brother 13, I, I seriously, I when I first came in and they introduced and we had like six returning people and the rest eight were, you know, new people. I sat down, I sat down on the table and we're all talking. And I'm like, holy shit, there's three black people in here. There's never been three black people in a in in a season before ever. Right. Um and that was the first time that they had three black people and was uh, Big Brother 13. So that was like 10 years ago. So um, where was I going before? I wanted to circle back, but I'm like lost my place. <laughs> the cause? You're, is it going oh, back the to cause? The cause? Yeah. yeah uh, you know, it was. <laughs> I understand that it's. Some, I, I, okay. I'm not black. So, no, I don't have like a pure, full hearted understanding of what it means to all the black big brother fandom or the people in the house or whatever. But I have a very good understanding of money. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I know that the money is better in my pocket. Al, I love you, but it's better in my pocket than yours. Motherfucker. (laughs) Even though you want all six to make the final six, like that would be a great thing. But like, Come 10 years from now, looking back, are they going to go, oh, only five made it. They really, you know, it could have been great if all six made it, 
but only five. They got rid of one at that final seven, so they didn't do it. No, nobody wouldn't give a fuck. Yeah. And what happened was Tiffany voted out her best fucking ally in the house, mm. her best friend in the house. That was tough when to watch. Those guys, when those guys, if they won, they were voting her out. And she stuck to what she said, and she voted her best friend out instead of getting rid of one of those guys. The thing, the, this alliance, the cookout, has helped Kylan and Xavier the most. Absolutely. Because Xavier would have been gone a long fucking time ago had it not been for the cause and the six sticking together. Right. There's right. every big in, intimidating buff dude. They like, I think that Jackson is like one of the only like meatheads that's actually won the game. Because everybody, every other cast in 23 seasons is like, ah, fuck this guy. He's winning too many comps. They got to go. And Kylan, when Kylan was won all those comps early, and then he won an HOH and basically ran Sarah's best HOH, he would have been gone after that. There's no way. No cast would have kept him. None. Xavier was on the block like three or four weeks in a row. And I like the fact that he's crying about it. You guys follow all that shit online? He's like, like he was like he was crying worse than Bertini about being on the block for four weeks. I'm in the block four weeks in a row. I'm sitting here going, Bitch, you put yourself on the block. Okay. He do you remember he was on the block and he won that veto, but the veto that he won, part of the thing was he had to go in seclusion for a full right. twenty-four hours. He had to uh oh give up his BB bucks and he had to go back on the block next week. That was just Stupidest deal. That was the stupidest deal I ever. Okay, hold on. Let me take all your money. You go into solitary for 24, and you're right back on the block next week. Are you good with that? Yeah, okay, I'm good with that. Why would you just stay on the block when you know you're not going home against the person you're sitting against? Yeah. So, anyhow, so he put himself on the block the second week, and he cried mm. like a bitch because he was on the block. Yeah. Uh, he uh, should have about- gone home. He should have gone home during that stretch. There's no way in hell any other season if he like didn't have that alliance he should be like if he wins he should give them all like a hundred grand because like they kept his ass in the house when they well, could have just smart him. not disclosing he's a lawyer because doing that obviously would have put that target on his back you mentioned britney earlier though man uh not the biggest britney fan uh the, the crying was was a little I much i think anybody was I might put her in the uh, the top mo- most annoying um, contestants of Big Brother history, in my opinion. Uh, she was annoying. She was totally annoying. And what was so weird was like you get some people going, uh, "Oh, you're such a jerk." It's like it's because she's autistic. It's like no, it's because she's annoying. I like know plenty of I, I know a number yeah. of autistic people. There's been a number of autistic people on Big Brother. I understand like their ticks and the little things are like different, but there's, I don't care what kind of people they are. There's like people that are good, that are fine and people that are not annoying. And there's people that are annoying and she's just annoying. She was like, she was, she was like balancing on a bed beam or something. Mm-hmm. And I, I turned on the feast and this girl's like, did this slow motion fall with her arms flailing, like, went out for like 30 seconds and then she fell on a bed and i was like if i was in that house i'd like mother with a pillow she'd be dead then come next <laughs> oh my week. god that's evil. Be able that to, is pure evil be able to do it. 
Who, you, uh, who would you align with in this current uh, the current cast? Yeah, you know, it's weird. Everybody says that every season. Like, yeah. who would you align with? Da, 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 da. It's impossible. It's impossible to know. Okay. And like I always say this because there's just like in real life. Let's say work. Okay, you guys are at work, and you have like a, a boss or somebody, and they like won't look you in the eye when they're like telling you something, yeah. or um, or you hear that like they're talking shit behind your back, um, or uh, different things like that that are like very very subtle but give you like a bad feeling about the person, or you just have a bad feeling about the person, or you just feel like you can't trust them, um, and so it's really really hard to say, um, but. Um, of course, I would like to have aligned with uh, Tiffany. I, I really, really like Tiffany this season. Tiffany yeah. is the best player this season. Absolutely. Uh, again, once again, the best player will not win Big Brother. But she is the best player. Like, and it's not even close. Yeah. What's really funny, did you hear Derek, like, like, taking all credit for, like, all the shit that she did? He's like telling other people. He's like, I came up with this. I came up with the alliance. I came up with the strategy. I came up with. See your face, Vanessa. That was my face. It was like I just smelled like a really bad fart. Like what? <laughs> How do you know you didn't just smell a really bad fart? <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Uh, <laughs> but it's like it, it's truly unbelievable how these people like, and it's like. Is he trying to? Is he consciously trying to rewrite history, or is this guy so beyond gone and delusional that he really truly believes this bullshit? Because I'm sorry, dude, you like, <laughs> I, like I, I don't, I don't even know how they get so much footage of him upright during the televised shows because, like, literally. The dude is like in the laying prone position, like twenty three hours and thirty minutes out of the day. Right. And I think he only gets up to take a shit and to go eat <laughs> and to sweat. He's sweating all the time. He's a weird. When you're a big dude like that, that's what you yeah. do. And I like the fact that he's like, um, you know, he he falls off these comps and stuff, and then he comes right. inside. He bitches. That right. they don't make comps for big guys. And it's like, uh, there's been like 10 memory comps or like question comps. Yeah. And, yep. and here's another thing. Absolutely. Did, did, do you, let's take like a quick little vote here. Does anyone think that he like worked out at all before the season to get prepared for this? I mean, he's out. related to uh, Smoking Joe Frazier. That's yeah. his dad. Yeah. I think that doesn't mean that he's a pro boxer. <laughs> people do not prepare the way I know I would. If I was planning to go on Big I Brother, did. it would be my full-time job, aside from my other full-time job, to prep and be prepared. And I don't think he he or most people do that. Because I was the older one, and because he is the bigger one, he should have been doing this. I literally trained. Like, I'm not kidding. Yeah. I knew I was, like, going to be playing. It, I, You know, <laughs> you look at these competitions and stuff, and it's funny because I look, I've looked at the show. There's three different ways I've seen the show as a fan before, like I ever even like audition. And you sit back and it's like, ah, oh, look at that idiot. You know, give me another beer. Uh, and then when I made the finals in season five, and then again in six, and then seven was also it, that whole stretch of three years gets you like 
like really you start looking at it from a game perspective and it's like you know oh really getting into you know why did this guy go home what what exactly was a turning point why did he fuck up why did this why did dr will slide through in two and seven and like examine that stuff and i was like taking notes and i had notes and shit all over my apartment and yeah. i would go out every single day i lived by a city college and there was a i don't know it was about a mile to the college and i would run around the basketball courts and the tennis court and then i would go down the street and then i would like um there was like one of those big circular things that we go up and what, you know, a big spiral where you go up and you go across over to like six lanes or something and a big spiral to get down. And I'd run that motherfucker back and forth up and down the spiral, up and down the spiral. I'd go on the bleachers and run the bleachers. I'd have my son and his friend on one side of the tennis court just running my ass off while I'm on the other side by myself. Like I, like I, when I'm telling you that I trained, like seriously, I trained for it. Because I know that the people I was going to be going up against were going to be like 20 years old. And I was like, you know, at that time I was 44. So that's right. like a, that's a huge advantage. That, look, at, look at my daughter. She was 20 the first time she went on. She mm-hmm. went everybody's ass in all these <laughs> competitions. She still has like a tied the record with Janelle for most Vita wins in a season. <clears throat> look at her last season. She's 35 years old. She sucked. She couldn't win shit. She's like, oh, my God, I'm so old. I can't win anything. It's like I went on 10 years older than you. So Good you got well, what I guess a lot of people want to know uh, your, your current relationship with uh, Danielle. I know it goes back you know, up and down. You have a seesaw of. Uh, oh, no, it's been down for a long time. It has. It's still down. I was hoping to be a little oh, better yeah. this time. Dick, no. Uh, me, and my son are, me and my son are good. Uh, actually, we talked pretty He's been, I invited him to be part of my recap, my Big Brother recap show, my podcast, last year when his sister was on again. And um, so I think we did Monday nights together. I actually invited her husband too, but he he was like, uh, without saying so many words, like, if I did that, she would whip my ass. I'm sorry. Thank you for oh. inviting me, but I can't do it. Uh, so it was me and my son, and we did like a bunch of video mailbags. And then I invited him back this season, and he's been on uh, Sunday nights with me. So, um, so yeah, I'm like everything's good with Vincent. Um, Danielle's a whole different story. She's like, you know, you know what's funny is everybody has this idea of like what our relationship is, but nobody really knows. I, I, I'm not the only one. There's like a number of other people. It's that's how she deals with people. It's like just cuts them off. So um, it see. is what it is. And well, you know. I do. I'm sure you want to see more of your granddaughter. I haven't seen her at all. So, yeah, it would be nice. But, uh, oh, okay. uh, let me tell you. Uh, see, we have fucked up family right there. And I got in the last couple of years. I, t- I don't think I told you about this. Um, <clears throat> I, w- I was in Africa with Shannon Elizabeth. Oh, I love her, by the way. Oh, she's she's awesome. Uh, I was with <laughs> this vacation. I won't make that. I'll try to make it as short as possible. But it's with Shannon and her boyfriend and my friend, um, uh, do you guys watch Star Trek? I watched the movies. I'm not. <clears throat> I haven't been big on the TV shows just yet, but oh. I plan on it. Okay, Star Trek Voyager, uh, which <laughs> is you know 20 years old or something. My friend uh, Garrett Wang, who played Harry Kim on yes, Star Trek, Voyager, okay. uh, he's a good friend of mine. It was like funny because we were talking, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to Africa, and then and then and then. He's like, I think I'll join you. I was like, I didn't invite you. 
Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I went up to like uh, Zimbabwe and Zambia and Victoria Falls and did all that with like one of my friends. And then both of us went down to uh, Cape Town and we uh, met up with Shannon and her boyfriend, Simon. And we did like uh, uh, great white, uh, great, great white shark cage diving and like all of this shit down in Cape Town. And then we flew over to Johannesburg and that's where we met up with Garrett and his girlfriend, uh, Megan. And we drove over to uh, Kruger and we, I found, I found this amazing Airbnb. It was like a lodge. Um, and we did like boat safaris and guided safaris and self-driving safaris and oh, nice. all kinds of shit. It's an amazing, amazing trip. Anyhow, at the end of that trip, I got a, a, um, an email, like an alert from uh, uh, Ancestry.com. Vincent had got, I never knew who my biological father was. So Vincent oh. got me a, a DNA test. And it sat on my counter for, I don't know, like nine months uh, before I finally did it. And uh, when it was in Africa, I got notification. And it turned out that it was a half-sister of mine. And through that half-sister that I had just wow. found out, she led me to seven more. Whoa! So, uh, yeah. And then six months later, I told those guys, I'm like, I'm going to do the 23 and me and see if there's any more of us. And I found one more. Oh, my uh, so, God. Yeah, so there's like nine of us total. I'm the oldest one. Um, and there's the one that I met on 23andMe, Greg. Uh, he lives in North Carolina. It was funny because like as soon as we, as soon as I met Greg, it was funny with Greg because uh, I was talking on the phone with him and he's like, you know, it's like, oh, so what do you do for a living? Da, da, da. I'm like, oh, I do podcasts. And what about reality TV? Oh, really? You know, da, da, da. I'm like, yeah, I want a reality show. It's like, which one? I'm like, Big Brother. He goes, are you evil dick? I'm like, <laughs> so him and his family watched me and they like they already knew me and stuff so that was uh, great drove down here like um i don't know a couple months later uh, he drove down here and we hung out and uh spent like a weekend together um just kind of getting to know each other and we haven't seen each other like since the pandemic and all that so it's been a good couple years but the uh he's a panthers fan up in north carolina i'm a jets fan so I saw the first game of the season. I'm like, hey, let's go to the game. So we just went last weekend Ooh, and spent the weekend okay. together and had a really good time. So, well, that's a yeah. really good story, Dick. Well, Life, uh, is, weird, Life is weird. So I got like a kind of fucked up family over here, but I got like all this new family I'm meeting and stuff. Uh, yeah, three of them are in Scotland. As a matter of fact, one of my brothers, Bobby in Scotland, his daughter was Miss Scotland, I think 2009 or something. Okay. And then there's an actress um uh frankie out in uh she lives in hollywood um she was actually a regular on goliath at billy bob thornton wow. show um, wow so stuff. yeah it's like it's just really weird then the oh. one i originally met jordan her and her brother like full full-blooded brother daniel they're like my kids age i think they're like a year older so my kids are 35 and 36 they're 36 and 37 what? and i've like talked to them pretty regular and then there's one i haven't talked to him yet but there's a uh this really young when we when all this happened. Um, Wolfgang, Wolfgang's in Vegas. He's I have a brother that's forty years younger than I am, dude. He's eighteen. Holy smokes! Yes, yeah, your face. Yeah, this weird, right? This weird. Wow. So I, haven't like, I haven't like you know. It's like what do I do? Dick, right. Dick, Dick Senior got around, huh? Oh, dude. And there's like a weird ten year gap where he was like in the military, Middle East or something. So we figure there's probably more. There's Probably more. more. Wow. Yeah. Well, well, 
Dick, we really thank you so much for uh, coming back on Below the Belt show to talk Big Brother. And uh, we always like to end with your awesome promo and as much flower, flowerly fuck-ups and FUs in the promo. Let us know who you are. Uh, you're on Below the Belt show. Take it away. What do you want me to say? Listen to Below the Belt? Yeah, who you are from Big Brother. Um, listen to Below the Belt. Throw out a plug. Tell us the fuck off. I, I could do that. I do that on my cameos. It's great. Yeah, you should check some of those out. It's hilarious. Uh, this is Evil Dick on the on the Below the Belt show. Um, go fuck yourself and see you later. Peace out. Yes, I love it. All right. A snapshot of one, two, and three. <laughs> All right. That's great, Evil. <laughs> evil, thanks so much. <clears throat> Have a great hey, night. Man, it, was good, it was good seeing you again. Nice meeting good you, talking. too. All right. <laughs> Have a good night. Bye. Good to see you. Bye. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye now. All right. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.